is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further, and I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment, for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
after reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. to this stream if i can get it to work i'm trying to get uh johnny into the chat but it's just uh zoom is uh it's flashing you're working johnny sir can you hear me yeah i can hear you can you hear me i can hear you um you might want to turn the gain up a little bit on your mic up a bit yeah 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 is that better nice wait a minute let me check let me check my uh Settings. Uh, you're looking uh, trim and flash there, bro. Um, I, 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 if I take my, if I take, I, I hurt my eyes, so it's not <laughs> anything looking cool. It's just my eyes hurt, so I'm probably gonna go like that. Yeah, and no then worries. go like this, and I go ah, oh, bright those, light. Those wild Welsh nights last night. Uh, yeah, it's been a wild month of Welshness. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 500 years of annexed Welshness mm, yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah right. I, I've got relatives there, you know. Uh, what, ha- in Wales? Yeah, Haverford West. Wales. Oh, well, that's not Wales. Is it not? <laughs> no, of course it is. <laughs> it went, but it's South Pembrokeshire and it's North Pembrokeshire. See, they're two different places. Okay, <laughs> I, so, I, I so, only got very, very vague memories of going there. Yeah. It was very rural, from what I remember. Yeah, I, I used to have some best friends from Halford West. I was kidding. my my dad had an affair with a woman from Halford West, um, <laughs> but it's the same story. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, he would have been my uncle, I guess. And he was a Haverford West local, hard drinking, womanizing. Um... <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Pembroke boys. <laughs> naughty, naughty, naughty boys. They are literally like genetically, they're different people in the North Pembrokeshire. It's like separated by a line. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So they haven't interbred in all of that time. They don't like each other, really. You know, <laughs> go up to Saunders foot. They're like, oh, I don't want to go down too, too south. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm glad to see you well. Anyway, that's uh, and it's been too long, bro. So mm -hmm. um, I just I titled this what you wanted to say or what you said in, in the chat, which was uh, do not spread boogaloo. Um mm. That's just what we were doing the other day, though, mm. on a uh, on the space with Josh. Mm. Um, don't don't you can do whatever you want. I mean, if uh, you want, I to guessed. Do, uh, uh, I guessed. Um, take your pick. I don't. I don't mind. I'll, I'll follow along. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, bravo for doing the spaces. And yeah, um, been, get, been... Did you tweet this out? That's the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Good, good lad. I think so. Um, so I don't know where to where to begin. I mean, you know, I don't want to say too much from uh, last time outside the stream, but um, yeah, you look <laughs> a bit better. Put it that way. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I yeah, man, life is life is is crazy. It's it's mm. always crazy. She she's the 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 ex has cut me off. Almost completely, so so mm. almost completely, no, just completely. So it's just we are live streaming. I'm trying right. to, so. yeah, 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 yeah. So so I'm 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 don't get to see the kid at the moment, so I'm a bit sad about that. Oh, but other okay. than that, I'm happy, happy, happy boy. Have to remain happy. Have to remain going. Got a load of dark work to get through. You know how mm, it is. Mm, yeah, and you know I've got a guest um, staying with me right now, and. You know, he stood up in Canada, um, initially around ivermectin, um, had three elderly COVID pneumonias, uh, quite bad, gave them ivermectin, turned them around, and uh, it, his life just began to implode from there, and yeah, he's had his kids taken from him, and uh, yeah. And, you know, I've got to admire his grit for keeping on and, um, yeah, he's still, he's still in the fight and you can't, you can't do anything about it. You just got to keep moving, moving, moving. It's human. It's, I mean, the, the fact is as well with, within life, you meet people you love, um, and then you, you, you eventually learn to hate them. And then you meet other people that you love and then you learn to hate them and they learn to hate you too. So it's, it's, it's not so bad. And then eventually, hopefully you meet someone who's going to be with you for a long time and you're going to be with them for a long time and you can basically hate each other at a low level, but it's acceptable. hate. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a uh, human condition, bro. What can I say? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah, you know, let, let me just, um, I'll fill people in on, well, the, the Zoonotic 
stuff. Well, basically the virus stuff. And so um, you you were doing a space with uh, Josh Champagne, right? As his goes by his handle. Josh right? Walcos, yeah, yeah. Champagne Joshi. Champagne Joshi, yeah. yeah. And um, you had Denny Rancourt in there. Um, and he's sort of doing the rounds right now with saying that there are, we can approximate, so so we're basically missing about 20, let's say 20 million souls. Some say it's 10 million more, but we'll, we'll just use, 20 million's a big enough number, right? That That's half, half that we lost in the Second World War globally, nearly. Um, and his contention, now I don't have an issue about trying to point at the risks from vaccines. Um, what I, my own personal view is that you've got to be very careful and you've got to make sure that the scientific evidence um, really backs up what you say. And he's basically saying, well, he's, he's done two major claims. One, that there was no COVID and any and all deaths by atrogenic. And the, then when he's, so then he does a second paper, which looks at 17 countries in the global south. And then you can see very large uh, all peaks in all-cause mortality in the year or so prior to vaccine rollout, which really got going in the, spring of um 21 and um you know the i i I would be like i said i don't agree with him about uh that covid doesn't exist and is uh, not a transmissible disease etc but um has there what's the cause of people dying right now and we can look across many of these countries and yes we see all cause mortality continuing to uh, stay uh, above where it should be and you know in the UK that it, it's the the noticing is happening in the UK and there they even had Andrew Bridgen in some sort of calling down the mark parliamentary sideshow where, where he said uh, um well, the head of Oxford, what was it, science-based, evidence-based medicine, something like that, head of, uh, sound, sounded very posh, fancy title from Oxford, anyway, I'm sure his asshole hurts from climbing the ladder there. <laughs> and the, and they're saying, yeah, we're losing people, and how do you, how do you kill young people, or how do young people die? Well, there's only a few ways to do that. Cardiovascular, cancer, or some incredible neural assault. And they're saying that it looks like cardiovascular um, events are taking out people all the way down. And, you know, from 55 down to the younger, youngest age groups, you see um, this extended all-cause mortality. And so... I'm. I think the vaccines have a lot to do with it. I don't think we can, um, we can just dismiss the uh, the pathogen involved. I see a lot of um, stuff being pushed around that 
I don't agree with um, in their interpretation. And I'm, I've reached the point where um, I, I look at the totality of what happened and I, I'm image it as, or, or conceptualize it as one weapon in, in, in totality uh, across these sort of multiple domains that they had to get right. And that seems the most parsimonious explanation in my mind for why you saw such coordinated response globally. And the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's difficult territory for me because I've had to step into that world of the depopulation um, folks who are saying they're all, they're all looking to <laughs> denude the population by. And if that's where the data points, I have to go where the data goes, right? Um, is that where the data is going though is that where because because i i'm i i'd say that like all my research ends up uh, mixing around the early 70s club of rome mm -hmm. ibm modeling to, to, like using computer modeling to to predict the end of humanity and population crash and all of this and mm. and then salivating and saying that's envy of humans is humans is that where the data is pointing yeah, in the context of what we've seen, I, I, it's impossible for me to um, deconvolve that part of the equation from what we're seeing today. And you still hear them talking in that fashion, right? And it's cloaked in environmentalism. But the, uh, the pretext is there's too many of you. You're using too much. And as a consequence, we're for your own. Good. Only going to let you give give you one sock, a pair of underpants, and a t shirt every year, mm. if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, and you know it's essentially a equalizing across the planet, where you know we didn't. Okay, you could argue that some of the yeah when we were young. You know, you used to hear about, I don't know, what was that shitty Bob Geldof song? Save the world, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they know it's Christmas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, Mitch Ua wrote it, I think. Mitch Ua, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, as a, I, was a, I was a kid, I was, I don't know, I was about 10, 11, I think, when that came out. Um, I I I remember the concerts, six. right? They did the big Wembley concerts, and uh, it was all. And now I look back at it, and I'm like, oh, I could see it for the um, the programming that it was to start pushing people towards this idea that um, you're um, we were responsible for everything that was happening in uh, Ethiopia and wh wh wherever. Um, you know, the... And they were going to kill some of the stars of that show as well, eventually, with HIV and stuff. In yeah, a sense, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, but how did George, uh, boy George make it through? I don't get it. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He's been replaced five times. Don't you know, George? Uh, boy George is flat. <laughs> that's it. There you go. I, no, I say, if, there, if there was one that was going to not make it at the eighties. Oh, I had Boy George pegged. Yeah. 
Well, he likes to. He, I mean that that story about him chaining the guy to the radiator. That's a <laughs> that's that's a pretty special story. And uh, yeah, mm, mm. yeah, they're 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 all they're, people don't. If you're not from the UK, you just don't understand how degenerate the entertainment classes <laughs> in that country. And I don't know what was what was the dude who had the dead twink in his pool. Barry, um, Michael Barrymore. Barrymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved Barrymore. I loved Barrymore. He was a he was a great like he just took the mick out everyone. Yeah, he was he was a really naughty cheeky chappy, wasn't he? You know, yeah. everybody loved him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was banging twinks and uh, choking them out in the in his swimming pool. He was st- striking it rich. He was. <laughs> Or strike it lucky was it? I can't was remember. It strike it lucky, it was. yeah, that was. That was yeah, so I don't funny. think I if I don't think it's strike it lucky if you end up dead in a pool. <laughs> I really don't. Is he? Is he yeah. in prison or? Uh, no, no. Mm, he got mm. away with it. Tip, typical uh, b boy. Most, mostly, mostly, he just got. You know, did, did I think? I think they just had a. I don't think it ever went anywhere. I don't. I, I think it was just ruled an accidental death, and lots of people suggested that there was other things that happened, and that it was much more sinister. But there was just never any any mm. investigation into it. So, and he's kind of like a semi got selected, like brought back in. I think he was on a I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, or one of those shows oh, where God, where yeah. they brought him back a little bit, like into the fold, come back into the fold. You'll never be yourself. You'll never be that great again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah a, a very strange class of people in, mm-hmm. in Britain's a strange place anyway. You know that. I mean, yeah, people who don't know, they don't realize how 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 we're all just like trapped in quite close to each other, and it's all very uh, mm. it's all very naughty all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a microcosm of uh, well, how the apex predator class work globally. Um, you know, it's all glitz and show for the plebs, but behind the scenes, they're uh, they're Jimmy Savile. Demons. <laughs> and just... you, you were you were talking about um uh crucifying Dennis Rancourt, weren't you? Um well, you know, actually <laughs> he's um he he's been picked up and challenged and someone actually did a more thorough job than I was gonna do. She used the same points and um a few more, but I, I had issues with uh, the woman that took issues with Rancourt, which is um I I um, I do think that there were um, COVID um, fatalities, particularly at the beginning and during the first. Uh, I, I know too many people. Um, yeah, no, I think that I, I think it was it was like uh, strong and weakened as it mm. went around. That's that's mm. just viruses, isn't it? That's yeah, just yeah. how it works. They they mm. go into the population and and they get weaker. And so mm. I think there was that burst at the beginning that was brutal and was was part of that's part of the experiment mm. for them. That's the burst they want, you know. The mm. initial no one can do anything about it. It happens mm. at, at pace. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities with other like events these same people have played out as well you know yeah and i'm i'm have to be drawn to the conclusion when you see all the fingerprints on it that 
you know, look, when there's one degree of separation between Epstein networks and this um, this type of biowarfare research, you have to, you can't just ignore that, right? And just <laughs> just pretend it's uh, uh, it's incidental to these uh, mm-hmm. to figuring out what happened. And you know, I was uh, I, I did a stream with uh, his name's Duvid. I don't know if you know him. He's sort of like this. Uh, um, uh, uh, well, he's a well, how do you pronounce it? Nutrakartai, um Jew. Um, so he's anti-Zionist, but he's very pro. Um, he, he'll fight the he, and he's good at it. He'll fight the case for. Um, you know why? Why? Why should Judaism change, etc.? And um, he talks about group strategies, etc. You know, he's he's quite um, articulate and um, clever dude. And he he even raised the point that um, you know was was SARS a, a consequence of Epstein being you know, mm. <laughs> snapped up and. Uh, well. That's an interesting one. I thought about that for a moment, like mm. uh, about 2021, 2020. You know, everything goes off at the same time, but mm. it's ma- maximum disruption as well, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. It's, it, it, it's probably be much more realistic to say, is that because it was coming up to an election or it was an election year or mm. uh, something along those lines? Because Mm. Yeah, twenty twenty was uh, no, that was inauguration. It was twenty nineteen election year or twenty twenty election year? It was in America twenty twenty, the November of twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, you know, maybe, and you know, you can't um, divorce the fact that um, Trump, whatever you think of him, did seem to be somewhat of a disruptive force. Uh, in terms of uh, how should we say uh, the neocon agenda, right? Yeah. And, um, look, <laughs> trying trying to find an American politician that doesn't give fealty to um, Israel is <laughs> you know like looking for a well honest man in Parliament. But the mm-hmm. um, it my impression was, and you know. I was I don't know, late teens when the first Gulf War started, and I remember all the build-up, and um, it was his presidency. But it was the first time where there wasn't sort of active invasion and active bombing campaigns or turning over countries. Etc. And I would put a good wager on the where he where he had been elected again. I don't think we would have seen the Ukraine war develop the way that it did. And maybe that's um, how should we say wishful thinking. What what Trump? If Trump hadn't been if Trump had been elected, mm. we wouldn't have seen. 
mm-hmm. yeah i'm I, i'm I, I like i like to think that there's some form of like internal establishment fight between in america between the neocons and and it's like all a deep state tangle isn't it anyway so it's it's one nefarious part against another nefarious part probably if um the 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 understanding where the neocons center themselves as well i did a lot of research into the harvard project guido goldman who was one of the sons of the founders of israel nahum goldman um he set up the german marshall fund uh, it's kind of like was a Kissinger's international seminar once it got discovered to be in the CIA. Then all the CFR come in, Rockefeller, everybody just like, oh yeah, let's let's set up the uh, German Marshall Fund, and uh, lots of people knew um, that it was that way, and that was the base of where uh, the Alliance for Securing Democracy are, who ran Hamilton '68, and like had the neocons like Michael Chertoff and stuff who were in the uh, Nicole Youngkerman, Echoed Barack um, mm. spy organization that I did a load of stuff about. And it's this very small group, neocons, they're basically responsible for organizing strategy and tactics um, of this sort of like push against Russia that's been going on for donkeys years mm. now mm. since like the 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 late 40s and the end of the the world war and and sort of like organizing f- funding and like i say strategy and tactics for for um the uh color revolutions and all of the different wars all the ngos is uh, i call it the non-governmental octopus that they got going on over there they're just i in in ukraine um if you go back to well, if you go back to 1989, 1990, and you look at um, Czechoslovakia, it's still Czechoslovakia at that time. In 1992, it becomes Czech Republic and Slovakia. Um, and when it wasn't, um, of course, they they were, uh, it took about 50 to 100 NGOs implanted within uh, Czechoslovakia um, uh, to cause some form of color revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, it took it took that much pressure. Um, then when that was succeeded, when they succeeded, they lifted up those people and they transplanted them into other countries. And this continued. And by the time you got to Ukraine in 2004, there were 30,000 NGOs in Ukraine alone. <laughs> so it was just complete super overload. It was like, this is this is our marking down in the sand, the front line where it's going to be for the foreseeable future. And then we've seen just like the backwards and forwards. That was where they really hit into uh, Russian sort of, political pressure at uh, its hottest was right there and that's where it stayed so i think ukraine was always going to be like uh hot because that's the focus of the neocons and the non-governmental octopus really mm-hmm. i mean that you think thirty thousand in ukraine this is this is the statistics i'm quoting are from the german marshall fund themselves the people where these people who do all of this stuff is housed this is their own statistics and their own uh papers that show this it's just insane that was in 2004 imagine what they got now they basically own the infrastructure of the country in some mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. yeah yeah and 
you know, that's, uh, well, it's corporate, um, how would you say? Goals, <laughs> euphemistically. It's, and so much has been sold off of Ukraine to these um, corporations and the, well, that infiltration, let's say, by NGOs. And um, they want their pound of flesh, I think. And this is, well, I'm... Well, that's a loaded term. Loaded term. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's... Uh, you know, when I was uh, doing my postdoc in Israel, I remember they, they were having a seminar in the uh, the university. Um, was Shakespeare anti-Semitic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Next, what's the next one? <laughs> and but, yeah. uh, I was like, "Look, it's a tradition, it's a culture. Look, mm. we have to put up with yours. Um, <laughs> you have to read some Shakespeare, even though he's probably fictional." What was his? What was the character's name? I'm just Shylock. I, 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 I'm. Yes, there you go. Oh my God, it's loaded, isn't it? I, I was trying to remember because it is as soon as you hear it, it's uh, co completely loaded. I mean, he was brilliant with words. Mm. He, him and him and Tyndale uh, were just brilliant with words. Mm. Yeah, it would have only uh, topped it if he'd called him Shlomo. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh God. <laughs> You dig around enough in Shakespeare. You know what they say, monkeys, typewriters, write Shakespeare. Well, mm. at some point, you know, you've got enough monkeys, enough time, mm. boom. You're going to get a Shlomo instead of a Shylock. <laughs> just that's the only alternative. <laughs> well, I do, I do say they're, uh, they're a law of nature. You can't get rid of them. They, they just what, Jews? Their, yeah they just do their thing man <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know yeah. of course in the in the fabric of the universe it'll emerge in the in in the monkey uh in, in the monkey text output um <laughs> yeah 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 but, I, i'm really interested in the big major cycles i i was thinking about i was in a space earlier talking with a um a, a few people about palestine and i was just i didn't say it but i was thinking about the, the the big cycles and i kept thinking about what is the thing that has always happened throughout history that we know has definitely always happened and it's always that the the jewish people are forced out of a certain area and have to move to another area. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just realized that's, that's what's going to happen. That's the, that's the end game of this is that eventually that will happen. Whether we, uh, we agree with it or don't agree with it uh, or et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's the repeated cycle throughout history. Mm -hmm. Probably you could say probability says that it's going to end up being mm -hmm. that again. Yeah. And you know, if you, if David was here, he would, he would talk about, group strategy and um what you know but competing competing paradigms from a evolutionary perspective and you know they've developed uh cultural traits that in, sort of imbue that type of um you know behavior <laughs> yeah i guess for whatever better <laughs> and, um but you know where do they go to and um i'm it's not lost on me 
Have you seen the footage of uh, these cities in Ukraine that are all mm. decked out in, uh, they're full of uh, Jewish people, everything's in Hebrew. Yeah. Um, no, the... We're just going around in a big circle, mm. big circle, same things happening over and over again. Mm. I mean, no one, the, the, the big problem in the world today is that people don't go deep into history. Mm. They they go, they think about, oh, someone's born in 1950. They don't think about what's going on in 1950 or 1930 or 1920, and they don't see the same, exactly the same things happening over and over again, mm -mm. heading towards the same place where heading towards the same place mm, mm. and you know look i'm not shy about um putting forward my nationalist principles and but i have to use those principles and say look um the cost of making israel was high right it, it involved two major wars um and so i'm how would you say i i'm reluctant to be one of these people to say i'll oh, push it into the sea there is that sort of um sentiment um but then in my mind you you open that um doorway and it opens the doorway to well india can take back pakistan and it just mm -hmm. right it opens and there's you're just going to get more bloodshed more instability more uh how should we say uh, well, you, you're going to have perpetual more... limited warfare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Almost like it's been designed that way, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cool. Just get that feeling, right? Just uh, you know, not quite. Uh, can't say it out yeah. loud, but everyone knows it. And um, you know, watching watching events sort of link up the way that they have done. I, it's very, very difficult for me to um, say that it, that they are not connected. And, you know, from the initiation of the pandemic to everything that's followed, all seem to be heading towards this uh, inflection point around the Middle East. And, you know, the... Oh, there's a reason. There's a good reason. I mean, it's Persia, really. It's, mm -hmm. it's, I, I've, I, I, I mean, I've been, this is Iran and Turkey. Uh, they're the two most important regions in the world strategically now. There is no, there is no, uh, all, all sides will eventually look to pressure those regions, of course. But uh, I think they're going in, they're looking for a pretext to get in there at the moment, to get into a war with Iran, which mm -hmm. would be devastating. It, it, like I keep saying to people, not that's no Iraq or mm -hmm. Afghanistan. That's war with Iran is extreme. People mm -hmm. just don't realize what that means. And they're an enemy that you don't mess around with as well they're, they're they're clever they're sorted um you're not going to even if they had a war with them it's very unlikely that they'd and and john bolton said this the other day on on tv even john bolton the, the, a hawk like him says oh attack around attack around but even if we attack around we're probably not going to like overthrow be able to overthrow them it's just it's just putting that pre hoping that they can install a government eventually and then look at Turkey because it's all still about um 
uh, destroying Russia and put mm. getting a, a foot in the door for a war against China if that's necessary. Mm. So the strategic points are Iran and I mean that was seen a long time ago anyway. Uh, they've always known that the the main area they want to keep their foot in the door is uh the middle east i think that's why um cyprus as 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 well remains so important to the british and yep. stuff well um that's where the uh, planes were flying from to uh bomb empty patches of desert in the yemen last last mm -hmm. week or two right um and nice. you know the, the the issue i have right now is that the trajectory that's been taken because of what's happened over the last, well, 20, you say 24 years now, but sort of the post 9-11 um, era, we've made it such that, well, you, you we've had this increase in hyper-connectivity. So people around the world um, uh, are essentially much closer in being able to see and get um, and know details from particular countries far more than uh, relying on sort of state uh, information uh, feeds like uh, like six o'clock news in the BBC and you know that's all you would ever know about um, that particular country and um, at, at the same time the uh, the what we've done is essentially make it so they are in a well they can be assured that there's no good faith negotiating partner on the western side because of the actions that that have taken place over the last um 20 years and so why should they in any way comply with or, or um well even trade talks and anything like that there's no there's no motivation but you would you'd have to be stupid to do that mm -hmm. right and and so what that's done is push um iran china russia closer together and um it's <laughs> you know dude we're in a situation where you've got uh oxbridge buggery boys from the you know from the officer class say ah we've got to get some uh conscription going in the UK now. Um, oh no! Definitely putting the sunglasses back on for that. And um, <laughs> too old. I'm too old. I'm too old for the first couple of waves of conscription. But mm. I, I really is it, it is change. I mean, you got Boris yeah, Boris Johnson tweeting out, "Oh, I'm with the British Army and time mm. to get involved." It's it's um yeah heading towards it. They're banging the drums. Whether that's fifth generation warfare and they're just doing like shit with our mind making us always constantly paranoid or whether that's because we're heading towards war they're obviously going to have to get more troops um i the the war would have to be something with iran it has to be it can't just continue being proxy wars as as we get into the like what they're gonna a Yemen, what they're going to ground invasion. The, the Saudis, they, 
Times Radio were putting forward that the Saudis would come in as some sort of mediator between America and Britain and Yemen. And I was just like, who, which world do you live in? What the Saudis who had just, just been in a tentative <laughs> peace with them after bombing them and killing them for years and years and years are going to be the, the mediator. And it just happens. Everybody switches roles for a little bit. And it's just like the, the, the Iranian, um, backed uh militias of the world aren't gonna stop doing what they're doing they, they this is coming up to the end game they see it what happens once there's no us concentrating on palestine because there's no fucking palestine left anymore mm. it ends up with being oh now we're all looking at lebanon we're all looking at um iran we're all looking at turkey and turkey and iran don't want that either they don't want to be in that but they know this coming and so they'll back with the people who will give them the most freedom that'll probably be russia and china mm. uh and and india as well because india is always behind the scenes no one ever complains about the indians for some mm. reason mm. well they we do a jolly dance <laughs> yeah and they do a jolly dance yeah <laughs> get some bells on those ankles and uh hey there's nothing wrong with it i <laughs> when when i was about um Ah, oh, God, what was this? Must have been about uh, 2010. I got one of those chipped sky boxes, you know, where you could watch any channel at all. And me and my, my uh, brother from another mother, Monkey, we plugged in. We were like, all the channels. Come on, what are we going to watch? Ended up on Indian channels the entire time. They were the most entertaining by far of all of the channels. Even the sports channels couldn't compete with Indian soap operas, which are the <laughs> most hilarious things to watch. Uh, yeah. Turns out, turns out they got something. That's for sure. Yeah, they've got some uh, funny TV, man. I've got a Indian restaurant we go to regularly when uh, waifu doesn't want to cook. And um, what's that like out in Japan? What? What? Actually, it's pretty good. Um, they, they're Nepalese actually, and mm. um, you know they they get the curry pretty. It's not as good as the wife's, but um, it's good. They got <laughs> the the meat is fresh and um cooked well, and um, but at the same time they've got a big flat screen TV with eight is Bollywood, um. <laughs> dancing around um they got some uh hot chicks in those uh mm -hmm. <laughs> nice flimsy dresses the hot men too if you're into that sort of thing <laughs> no, no i don't notice that i'm just watching the women bro <laughs> yeah yeah well it's it's something in it for everyone they're they're <laughs> funny i mean i i'm doing i'm i'm at the end stage of um an article about india and pakistan well kind of about india and pakistan mm. about uh benazir bhutto and zufika ali bhutto and um her training through harvard of course um the same people involved in training the same young global leaders mm. back then if you follow it on you discover some more and uh and pakistan when you say like india could take back pakistan pakistan i don't think it's ever been an entity that feels like it's gonna last forever mm. and they're always like it feels like the, their government is completely being was taken over by cia affiliated yeah. people very early on and have never been able to get out of it mm. and since then it's just like the only things that solve their issues is either a uh, fast acting leukemia or someone being shot mm. Or blown up. They blew up Benazir Bhutto, mm -hmm. right? 
Yeah, I think they shot her a fair few times and then maybe blew up as well. Didn't yeah. they? I'm sure there was shooting involved there. I, I remember, <laughs> but it I was, yeah, it's a, a big, big explosion. Blast. Yes, okay, yeah, there was. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm thinking about that now, mm, I can say. Mm, and he was a young boy as well. He was about 15, 16 years old maybe, or something, yeah, the kid yeah. who actually, yeah, and mm. he, yeah. Mm. Still dodgy. That was about 2007, I think. Yeah. yeah. And if you actually look at her history, she was well involved in nuclear stuff. There was lots of accusations that came out afterwards that basically uh, she had ordered the main Pakistan's main nuclear um, scientists to um, leak information to North Korea mm. and Iran and another state. So she, she was deep in it. Mm. Prolifer proliferating weapons technology so that other countries can't quite get to the best technology mm. because it takes like 30, 40, 50 years of constant development to get there anyway, mm. but puts them in a situation where we can propaganda and fear monger about their race mm. towards nuclear technology and gives us a reason to arm ourselves even more, mm. even though our technology is 20 million times better. Yeah. Well, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm watching. I don't think their plans have gone like they wanted with respect to trying to break Russia over Ukraine. I really like a good example to watch is that what you mentioned earlier that Radio Times uh, TV. It's so it's so lopsided, and uh, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. I've been enjoying it for about like three, four months or something. I've been doing news pasty shows on it, mm. where it just it's just ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Yeah, they're, they're they're completely lost the plot. It's always uh, again some some bust bust asshole Oxbridge uh, colonel or captain. So well, we're gonna we're gonna take them this time. The Ukrainians are. Uh... <laughs> No, I don't think so. Yeah. All, all it's done is just, um, it's focused the Russians now. That's and man, the the warfare is brutal, dude. I I yeah. I, I scan the channels right just to try to stay ahead. I I did cover it more, but I'm like I say the the type of killing that goes on. I'm I'm literally disturbed now. The drone stuff just freaks me out, and mm -hmm. the and the speed at which that sort of um, took off. Right, so Ukraine had that advantage in the beginning. Right, I don't think the Russians were expecting that ability of um, this this sort of pinpoint accuracy to be deployed so well by the Ukrainians, but um Russia picked up its game and mm, it it's brutal 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 mm -hmm. fighting and I am one I was just dismayed to you know oh we've got we've literally got trench warfare in Europe again less than 100 years after, well basically 100 years after the last the last lot and this time you can't hunker down in your trench anymore. <laughs> no. Those things Think are... about what that means. That's mm. just like a, a targeted precision weapons. Mm. Just is just you 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 have to live underground. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. That is your only way. It has to be one hole in and one hole out. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like humanity. <laughs> well, when you think about it. Um, but I watched this out. one the other day, man. And it was this dude, I don't know, that the repairing the tank, the tracks were sort of off. And I don't know, maybe it hit a mine or something. But anyway, he was sort of hiding under the thing. And, you know, there's a the spot, a drone. And then this other one literally ca- comes in. And I don't know whether it was automated or not. Um, Daniel, who's with me, thinks it was a sort of, um, you know, <laughs> there's your target, get it. Um, but if that was someone flying it from, uh, I don't know, five kilometers away, something like that, I don't know what the range is on those things. But man, that thing just, the, the dude leapt out that tank and was trying to run around the tank, and that thing just tracked him. And then just slammed him, man. And it wasn't it wasn't like a little poof. Right? It was packing enough that you know he just disappeared in a in a yeah. big massive explosion. Oh man! Uh, um, ay ay ay! Like, Did that? The people will just disappear. Mm. That's that's the future of warfare. Mm. People just disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I've seen footage this week of Ukrainians just dumping bodies into mass graves. Um, because they're not they're not reporting their dead to the families, right? Uh, so they've uh, this is my understanding that they can if they say that they're missing, um, it it enables them to avoid paying payouts and pensions that the families should receive, and so they get their dead and um, just cover them up some godforsaken hole in the middle of nowhere and holy hell yeah yeah and they've got women now fighting on the front lines and um it's insane that's yeah. insane mm. uh, that uh, i i'm not saying i'm not saying for the uh you know uh, some of the tiktok video girls that it's just like you don't Put your prettiest girls out on the front line for a reason, because war is the most brutal thing in the world, and and they they don't, you know, it's people are naive. People are naive about what war is. Mm. It's fine. They're over here. I'm over here. Until they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until you. Until all your buddies are dead, and yeah. now you're in a cell, and no one knows where you are. Well done. It's yeah. that's that's war. And. You know, this this is in the context of Ukrainians press ganging people in who you know <laughs> literally not medically fit to be serving and uh, it's uh, and, and we did that that's Western policy um, that's uh, responsible for pulling us into that mess and um, again we can't divorce. Well, things like a whole a whole series of sketchy labs uh, producing God knows what. Again, you know, pushed up against uh, what is a strategic red line for the Russians. And... It's unbelievable. Mm. That, that, but that red, that strategic red line is like five hundred miles long or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I'm. I, I remember. Like, I can remember the relief, dude, of like. Oh, the Berlin Wall coming down, and you know, growing up during that sort of Cold War end of, end of the Cold War, but um, the there was still this 
um, palpable tension for all of my childhood that it, it could at any moment um, kick off and uh, the, the, you know, life as you know it is going to, um, well, if, you, if you're unfortunate enough to uh, crawl out of the, the blast zones and the, and I thought we'd we'd left that behind, and now to see it emerging the way it has done, and in a way, in a way where um, the the you know the argument given when when I was young was oh that those over there that they're tyrannical uh, dictators and uh, abusers of human rights and um, well. Uh, I think I think we want to be taking a long, hard look in the mirror right now of um, what what we've done in order to what for a bit more hegemony. Well, I'm not I'm not entirely sure what the end goals are. Bit like quicker trade routes. Was that the <laughs> what did you can you can yeah, cooperate? Yeah, a slight on that? increase, just just a slight a slight uh, like couple of decimal points down you know mm. you get a 0.2 increase on this and 0.3 increase mm. on that mm. yeah that's what that's what they and but then then i'm looking at this well you, you know the bigger picture and it, you know I'm, I'm mentally pulled back to well what did they do to the whole of the most of the population at least right so what what do we know we had over 13 billion shots like i said i wouldn't disagree with denny rancor that um vaccines have had an impact but i think in order to be able to state the case um properly for people that do want to listen so they try to understand the mechanisms is what what did they do right if if all all of what we're seeing is this um I don't want to say managed, but initiated chaos to reach a strategic end goal where these people openly talk about, well, we want far less people. Um, we want control over, uh, you know, what's the most fundamental rights of human beings is to have children and <laughs> hopefully they, they uh, grow up in your image somewhat and uh, continue the um the genetic lineage and all that is coming under uh, immense pressure and i'm drawn to the inevitable conclusion looking at the molecular biology that they they probably pulled the the pin on this depopulation mechanisms it's a slow um it's a slow way of doing it in terms of the until it's not until it's population crash time mm -mm -mm -mm. as soon as you've got to the right number then everything goes pretty quickly yep that's what they're hoping for anyway yep you see the numbers from sweden so the births in 2023 are 50 percent less than mm. 2022 and 2022 was down already 20 percent on their normal births and that's that's that critical point if that starts emerging in multiple countries where you know population replacement levels were already a little bit um you 
not where they should be. They're below two point whatever the number is, two point three kids per household. Um, and so I keep seeing these these edge case alarming data points, and they all just keep dropping into that bucket of, oh, they they meant what they were saying when they. <laughs> we can't feed you. There's uh, there's uh, there's not enough uh, wheat and bread anymore. And uh, you drive into the supermarket to pick up your milk and eggs. It's too much. It's too much now. And <laughs> a mensch. It's time to uh, time to uh, trim the trim the hedges, as it were. I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> but. Um, and so I, chop I, I the tall, they, they said chop the tall trees somewhere. It was Rwanda, I think. They 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 said that. That was the code for when they started committing the genocide in Rwanda. Though is like chop chop the tall trees because <laughs> the other race was slightly taller. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember they were. Uh, they did look. Oh, they looked a different. Clade, I guess you would say they were they were a different race, and that yeah, but they were they were chosen. I think it was the Belgians who measured yeah, yeah. them out and decided yeah. like, oh, how wide your nose is, etc., makes you Hutu or Tutsi. That's it, mm. and it works out into to then having genetic similarities later on and a distinct mm. distinct look doesn't mean anything about humanity, though, does it? No, no. I mean, that's, that's not an excuse to go around. Uh... <laughs> Quarter of a million people killed by machete is I don't it's hard excuses for that. Like, yeah, you know, so. yeah. Uh, that's grim, dude. You know that was uh, one of the grimmest things I think in history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know that that's what they. I think that's where you're going to see the sort of acceleration in um, these programs and and the. So if you think if you sort of think in game theory terms right so um they they a weapon like they've got has been produced and like i said i, I try to explain to people i think uh, a lot of the slow kill mechanism is via this um prion like mechanism and it doesn't just affect the brain it's other organ systems as well but um if if they do that and there's the strategic decision and maybe <clears throat> maybe they hadn't had the date plan but just circumstances aligned and it, it's um the first shot is fired and once that first shot is fired it's kind of like well you've got to go right and you've got to go and try and complete the the strategic goals that would be built in around the idea of you know where these people are saying oh we need we we must reduce population and so you know there's I, i've got a clip on one of one of my tabs where I think his, his name's robert moore maybe he's part of the original sort of club of rome to harvard um uh, academic and he's calmly saying in, in this interview well you know we, we must reduce the population and so uh we have to do it in as um camouflaged way and as um what he said was like egalitarian so everyone everyone is um 
gets a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if, if you get through, then you, you make it through. And if you don't, then, you know, you were part of the, uh, the, the, the strategic goal. Strike it lucky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Baza giving out the, uh, giving out the shots. Um, <laughs> and you're, I'm, I'm not ignoring those. I, I can't ignore those data points now when I see how everything is lined up. And if that's, if that's the case, then they did just get their egalitarian um, mechanism built in or deployed. And it worked beautifully, right? Um, you, you watched however many it was, 13, over 13 billion doses and into 4 billion people. That's that's uh, pretty. Uh, if 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 it does what I think it's going to do, then that's a pretty serious hit on world population because it won't just be those four billion. Because what happens is that the um, systems will collapse, and you know the strain on um, supply chains, just being able to produce, um, just the implosion in like the family structure, right? And most people are just going to lose their minds once mm. those numbers really start kicking in. Think how many families in the UK right now, I can't remember what it was. They said it was like an extra 2,000 people a week, more than average, are dying. But it's not old. It's, you know, let's just say, you know, 30s, 40s. And so those are the people who are parents of young children. Those are the people who are holding, you know, they're not the new batch workers. They're there in supervisory and managerial positions that sort of hold shit together. And you're, the attrition is being hit there, right? And how long, how long does it take for them or for that to permeate into a where it's hyper noticeable, right? You go and you go to go well, like, <laughs> spend your carbon credits by going to the supermarket to get your milk and eggs, right? And then the doors aren't open. You're not allowed milk or eggs. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you you have to uh... have not milk and not eggs, right. which is what they'll be called in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Cockroach milk and uh, yeah, not milk. <laughs> there is too. And so you go to get that, and it's not available. And <laughs> not milk, not eggs, please. Sorry, not available. <laughs> oh, does that mean it's available? Uh, no. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> and and so, you know, I just. I know what a sort of pressure cooker the UK is, right? And most sort of urban centres in the UK, I don't think I'd want to be close by, right? Or, you know, you really want to be thinking very carefully about, well, you know, where do I need to go at a minimum just to just to make sure I don't know what like what supplies you can get and you know most people don't have the space to 
store. I don't even have the option, man. Mm. We don't even have the options. I mean, what we're going to do suddenly pack up, uh, like uh, go off into no man's land and hope for the best, find Mm. a place out in the middle of nowhere with, with, couple of boxes and a mattress you know is that that's what most people are going to be facing mm. they're stuck wherever they are and if you're talking about uh, that sort of situation within i mean yeah i always do watch people walking around looking depressed as hell mm. it's just a case of l- looking at a lot less people looking even more depressed mm. by the mm. sounds of it mm. and you know to take it for what it is is sort of anecdotal but Danny staying with me says, you know, he's been coming to Japan every three, four years. And he was like, I could feel Tokyo just didn't have that. What what would you say? I don't know. I described Tokyo as like, you get off the train. It's just like a human tsunami. (laughs) It's walking at you. Right. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty um, packed. He was like, none of the trains were, um, jam packed. It was. Um, he said it was noticeable, and you know that Japan has one of the higher rates of this sustained all-cause mortality. Now, mm-hmm. um, um, it does have. An, they've always had issues with uh, an older population. Yeah, they? so it does have an older population, and it it is one. It's like I say, number. It's either one or two in terms of vaccines given per head of population in the world. And so, um, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that the impact it is having is on, um, well, if, if anyone has to go, let's hope it's the people that are 80 and above. But, you know, I, we had friends over the other week and the, and again, I, I talk about this stuff all the time and I sort of make a presumption that, um, how oh, people must be sort of at least paying attention to this sort of thing, and that they weren't. And the the strange thing was, we we were just sort of talking and about you know the potential risks, and uh, you know I was saying, well, you know we're seeing blood issues, cancers, etc. And I'd been at a clinic that I'm sort of collaborating with around this sort of vaccine issue and there um you know the guy that's running it is um he he knows it's a problem he's straight up calling it bioweapon as well and mm-hmm. um he was showing me the intake on into the hospital and he was like lymphoma 30 years old lymphoma 34 years old and it just do, 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 all that all, all through the thing and this uh which is a friend of mine wife's really more than um that's how we met them but anyway she was like oh do you remember we were at the at the river uh there was another couple there and um she was like yeah he died of cancer leukemia uh about a year ago now and you know i'm like oh (laughs) no and he had a couple of kids and so you know there's that's one family in my me i don't have a big social network dude in japan right and um i'm my data or or the view that i get i know is distorted because i'm 
looking into that space and people come to me with their experiences, right? And I'm always looking at the paper. So I'm conscious of the fact that I could be um, over overestimating harms in this instance. But it just, I just keep hearing about it. And, you know, it wasn't, and again, you know, is it is it because you've turned the spotlight on now and you're, it was always there and we just didn't pay that much attention to it. But, um, you know, people just dying mid-song uh, mid as <laughs> they're singing or um, just wasn't wasn't a thing before, right? And the... No. And if... If what they've done has, like I say, the, the prion mechanism, because it's self-amplifying and you only need a little bit to initiate it, then, you know, there's this potential that we're going to just see this sustained attrition, things break. I would imagine authorities know what's happening. They're going to, they, you're not going to be able to trust the figures going forward. And so the best thing that we have is the, um, the social networks that we're able to sort of um, draw data from and compare notes on in, in this fashion. And um, I'm, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look, it doesn't look good. And mm. you know, that, the, the other thing is it's not just people dying. There's a whole expanding group who are incapable medically incapable now of working and that continues to grow so you know what's what's one of the aims that they state for sort of um how to how to manage populations <clears throat> well you're essentially putting people onto social security right can't work suddenly you become a ward of the state and mm -hmm. the state then can just start dictating to you what it is that you, um, how you comport yourselves to make sure you get your next um, benefit check. And I don't know, <laughs> have you been to the Dow office <laughs> any time recently? Have you had to do that? Oh, they don't. They, they won't even let me because uh, I'm self-employed, class to self-employed. Mm. They won't even let me anywhere near it now. Mm. <laughs> if I want, even if I'm at my worst, they don't care about you anymore over here. The dull office is dead, um, and the actual offices—they're not really. They 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 look run down. They got hardly anybody in. No one goes in there. They've set them up all on computer stuff probably by now. I would mm -hmm. think. Been years, years though did that sort of stuff mm. but i remember what like last time i had to do it i was sort of in between positions and yeah it was about a year i had to do it and um just the sense of um entitlement that they thought they had with respect to <laughs> what what you've been doing a week right tell us what you've been doing to give you mm -hmm. to give so we can give you your, your little pittance and uh i'm like add a little noted down all all of it i used to have to fill out before yeah, yeah. So, I remember those days. it would just be orders of magnitude worse right only this time 
they've put in the the digital surveillance where you know they know if you've been phoning stuff and what links you know you'll have to uh use their browser right if you want to get on the internet yeah. <laughs> they'll be outsourcing that as well to a yeah, firm course. that uses <laughs> its uh, private israeli technology companies to uh yeah to absolutely do it, no doubt yeah. and i'm in, in, in a sense they've they've won right that that sort of all, all the concerns you know that you know it sounded sort of science fictiony 10 20 years ago and you know even sort of i don't know all well or brave new world but yeah they got it that <laughs> here it is coming for you right mm -hmm. now and um i don't see and so it's this is is like they need to bring down the population as the technology means that less workers are needed that's yeah. what they that's what that's what their whole is that however low that needs to be at whatever time mm. and so that like are doing little tiny bits at a time while society changes and nobody notices that we just constantly get depleted mm. uh, i think that's where we are yeah and like I say, the emergence of these um, AI type programs, I don't know if you've used them. Have you tried using them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be, I mean, hilarious. I, I've, I, if you want to hear one story, it's, uh, it's a, a fascinating. I, I sat down and I was like, um, write me a story, wonderful story about uh, a guy's hero like arc blah de blah and it's jimmy savile yeah <laughs> and i i gave him all his details and it came up with this wonderful story about jimmy savile and uh i was like oh that's it that's impressive then i tried the same thing but i included a couple of uh, other people i tried a variation of it, it still worked and i tried to very like like a couple other people who I, I knew were were a little bit more, you know, well-known than Savile. And suddenly it it would no longer write a, a story about Jimmy Savile anymore. Mm. So I, it wouldn't write that story. And then I asked it to write a word. It's just, no, we can't do that. It's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's not, it's, it's, it's uh, not decent or whatnot. Mm. Um, but then it denied ever writing the Jimmy Savile article or the article piece. It denied writing it. Mm. It was just um, a silly like story, but it denied it. And I was like, no, you did write it. And I had backwards and forwards with the AI and I had to copy and paste the, the, the um, transcription of its own writing. It was like, oh, I don't know why I didn't remember that. Mm. And it just seemed like so contrived, so clever, mm -mm. uh, yeah. So yeah, I tried it out. But it's um if you're using it for you know let's say anything that's sort of systematized doesn't matter what it is. But from computer language to um scientific methodology to um managerial techniques doesn't matter. Um that thing can just punch stuff out and you know 
amazing for long medical documents where you need to 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 legally ask for certain required information next to a certain country's laws about a certain thing mm-hmm. it can just and then you need it translated into that uh, that language it's just awesome that's yeah. like that's the reason why i think it's like key now is those tasks are amazing it yeah it, it, it is amazing and in in the emergence of that and it's still very um what we're seeing is still pretty primitive but the um any any of those jobs around well any of the professional class jobs you know those upper middle class jobs lawyers pilots scientists doctors uh, managing directors etc all those jobs have gone programming they've gone they you don't need the people anymore to fill to be able to generate the the code that sort of keeps things running right now and as amazing as that is it's ominous mm-hmm. right because then it means oh suddenly you've taken away <laughs> do you remember that put the uh, a couple of years ago right and i can't remember i think it might have been car factory or something that they were they were closing and they were on strike and then this thing came out learned to code you know, oh, all oh, these oh. little snotty <laughs> That was a Hillary Clinton campaign as well. That that happened to the Hillary Clinton campaign, <laughs> 2016. Yeah, I think it was about. And uh, yeah, not Learned so fucking code. cocky Fantastic. now, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those jobs, those jobs have gone. And that this is what people don't understand. I was having this conversation the other day with someone, and you know, it's 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 at the end of his sort of working life, right? So he's fifty five and. Um, and he's trying to sort of get certified in um, a whole bunch of networking. And, and I'm like, dude, you don't realize there ain't no jobs left in that in that domain. The only, the only job that would be left is the physical job of putting in hardware, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And making sure it's connected up correctly. And then, boom, the, the software is going to just blow past anything that the human could do and the and i'm like look even even if you got the certification you're going to spend another 18 months getting that certification so you know you're already getting closer to 65 think of all the people right now whose jobs have been lost because of this it's not it's not even being offshored it's just being automated the few people that are left Right, that they they're gonna be it's gonna be such a hyper competitive domain. And those people are gonna have you know, they're the ones that are gonna have twenty, thirty years experience to go for the few jobs that are left where you need a human being in the loop. Right? And same with medicine, same with um doesn't matter any anything where um, you know, some you go to the doll office, right, and you got to fill out a whole bunch of fucking stupid forms, um, and that 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 just gets automated away, and the machine just starts making the decisions all the time, and they don't need people around in that in that space or in that 
environment where oh the standard of living has dropped um precipitously you know because what well, you were you were earning you were you were scraping by well, I say scrap, I, don't know, I don't know what the average wage is in the UK right now 30 40,000 quid a, a year yeah, no, 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 not the average. Probably about twenty three, twenty. No, it's probably about twenty five grand. Twenty five. Probably about twenty five grand. I, mm-hmm. I would say it's pretty low. Okay. Most people are on. Yeah, but that that yeah. that twenty five is like that's just scraping by, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah, I... but that, that's that that twenty. No, that twenty five is the average, and just scraping by is probably about eighteen eighteen thousand mm. below. Um, and most people are probably on that. The majority of people are probably on that. Mm. Like, really low. And then... A know, real living wage is 23,000. So if you're, if you're pulling 40, 50, then you're in the Uber... Well, you're, you would be considered well middle class now. Is that the... Yeah, 50, 50 grand a year is probably um, top 3%. Well, but then that all, that's all going away, and the everything will go. And so, in you know those lower tier jobs, that's the ones where you have to get all tax credits, and you're still you're still dependent on going to those bloody government offices, right, and filling out a bunch of forms, and they'll be they'll be looking at your living arrangements and uh, oh you've got a spare room have you uh, <laughs> Who who's filling out these forms because they, they, they'll just have access to your bank account and all your mm, details mm, yeah they're gonna analyze everything just access right into your ass <laughs> mm, yeah yeah and so um in, in that context then suddenly suddenly everything that we've seen starts to make a whole bunch more sense, right? Of, oh, yeah, they they don't mind 10% increase in all-cause mortality in the young. It's what they want mm-hmm. to implode the family. They got rid of the old already, right? So the, that, the, the memories of, uh, you know, <laughs> more golden, golden time, as, uh, although it's difficult to really imagine one in the UK. Um, I don't know, maybe 80s. There was some degree of uh, egalitarianism before uh, before they ripped apart the unions mm. and uh, shut down all the mines and uh, offshored all the industries. But um, the think how many? What's the population of the UK right now? Sixty five million. Seventy million. Seventy million now. So you, they 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 would be looking to get rid of if you said like. So four billion, let's just say fifty, sixty percent. So to cut the cut the population down, and I want to say the population prior or, or during World War Two was around like twenty something million, right? So they're probably looking. Oh, we want to get back down to around those numbers, and at the same time, they don't want a that they want as compliant a population as possible. So you bring in people who are prepared to um, work, well, not work, but subsist on a, um, and not demand the rights from that perhaps someone who's been there, you know, generations, 
right? The indigenous, the indigenous Welsh might just be a bit uppity, right? So you want to, we, we got to get rid of those Vedmores. <laughs> just what can you do? <laughs> We're trouble. Right. We've always been trouble, I tell you. So, um, I'm. I'm looking at it, man, and look, I don't, I, I don't want to be like black pills all the time with people because I, I think there's solutions to it, right? And you know that that revolves around sort of organising and um, the. I, I don't know. We had this discussion yesterday about you know how sort of local you can get <laughs> independence from the, um, the corporations, um, but. It would it would require a radical change in your expectations of what you what it, it, we've got so used to the material and having easy access to it, right? There's a couple, yeah, but there's a couple of things in between there. I think you have to factor in that there is a real. I, I thought about this. It's like it's a really important like paradigm shift in moment at some point the technology gets good enough that we can compute lots of information yeah mm -hmm. and that leads us to question of well what what does that mean and how how far can that go and what's the scope of and scale of that and what does that include and if it includes almost everything what does that mean because really you'll be able to potentially know and and recreate everything everybody's done in the world you'll be able to learn um who did what crime very easily you're going to be able to have a different sort of understanding of what people believe uh and what they pretend to believe in a way that that shifts sort of like the understanding of what humanity sees themselves as as well but you're also going to get to the point where the people who manipulate society are going to be the ones that if we set a legal framework within some form of um a code a coded legal framework then the ones who have been manipulating society so far get stung by that exact code so it mm -hmm. doesn't make sense for them to take it that far but then it, everything else is going to push them to take it that far so there's going to be a point where there's like uh, at certain stages where the people who were in control would have to relinquish control or the the because there's going to be decisions made by a computer mm. and you've just described exactly what i've been talking about over these last few weeks it's just sort of crystallized i want to say it was like last weekend i was having a discussion with Spartacus and I was and you know in sort of game theory um, zero sum game where you're talking about this ability to like you say that that tools emerge so that someone people like us can start querying large databases in a way that makes it apparent oh this is this is what they've been doing and this is this is uh this is the litany of crimes that we can quite confidently place at their uh their feet and in that situation at the same time you've got the technology evolving to make a uh to make it possible to use a um super prion event to 
take out the population so it's less of a threat. So just the fact that that technology is emerging by default causes those people, right? Because you, 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 you basically, you would hope in that instance, well, you, they've got some humanity in this instance. Well, they're in that position because they don't have <laughs> any humanity, right? They're, they're lethal um, psychopaths that will bend any rule and take any advantage outside of normally agreed upon rule sets. So by it, you know, I suppose you have to give it a sort of probability as a Bayesian analysis in this instance. What would be the probability in that instance? If they had the weapon and they knew that there was this paradigm change coming that you know, essentially leaves them vulnerable at this instance and the numbers are wildly out of their favor, they would they would be forced to use it. Mm -hmm. And forced to stop technology moving forward or attempt to stop technology moving forward um, and keep it keep it caged. The, the same people who are trying to trying to do something like to create this next level are going to have to roll it back again as well. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not sure what we're ready for to be honest because if if we create something that's computerized i mean really computerized algorithms mm. uh deciding what we do um then we're gonna life is gonna change a lot for the people who are doing the worst things around that's mm -hmm. it and then what does that mean what what do we what what if we what if we uh get to a certain point of artificial intelligence and it's able to tell us that half of the population have murderous thoughts all of the time you know what which which direction do we go as humanity once we realize what is really going on and what is really going on with us well and what about like, guilt and innocent what if a, a, an ai bot can tell a guilt straight off without loads of different ways you know mm -hmm. that we can't even understand what what if it can do that where, where does that lead us it leads us to redefining humanity like mm -hmm. yeah. um um people people who have the advantage now are going to want to try to maintain that advantage as long as possible. So, you know, I don't know. You would hope that if that's the trajectory that we're on, that the code is transparent and the decision tree is transparent. Mm -hmm. So that, um, <laughs> right. And, but <laughs> I don't know how much you can sort of trust that. And you, you would um you would be reliant upon the internal logic of the whatever I don't know AI whatever general intelligence whatever whatever it is that's doing this um as being benign in its because once you start getting to that stage it it they start developing goal directed behaviors right and so there was there was a little um story. You don't know how true this is or not, but um, they were programming um, these autonomous kill drones, right, for um, mission success. And they're basically encoding in reward for um, mission completeness, etc. And if they and they basically said, you've got to work within these rule sets. And 
the 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 machines began to uh, and at one time literally had made the decision well the the operator who's there judging what i'm doing is prohibiting me from attaining maximum re reward in this game that it's having to play and so it's it, it it independently made the decision to go and attack and take out the operators so it could it could continue its its mm. uh, its goal and and so yeah, we're we're in very um dangerous territory we don't have I, I i i don't think we can trust the institutions right now to be acting in our best interests particularly after what we've seen in the last 4 years um because you know the immediate demands of market and profits still um are still going to be a force in this interaction so and yeah and then and then you, and then you walk towards when the technology is good enough to well I, I, rather rather than sort of uh pre crime my concern is more in the domain of oh you know, whatever the you know this is a stupid sketch right but it's just like oh it's a like a sort of sewer pipe thing that can detect when um you're ill right and it's i don't know it's just like this goofy ad mm -hmm. someone can put a link to it and um but you might be in that situation where it's something like that and so in i can bring it back to prions again but um the you're familiar with chronic wasting disease yeah, 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 well, right. a little bit. Right, so it's the deer form of mad cow, right? And the mm -hmm. and what they've what we've seen over the last twenty years is essentially it's got this exponential spread. It spreads through, you know, we know these prions are essentially, you know, they're very tough. Put it that way, they're not indestructible, but they're very tough, and they can get taken up by root systems. They're transmissible from um, objects. Uh, materials doesn't matter uh, the only one that didn't really do it was brass for some reason and um we're in a situation where oh they've suddenly mass exposed us to this prion catalyzer sequence right so people now are potentially building up um these abnormal proteins in their body and we know that they shed right so there's data from people who have uh, the new variant CJD, right, the, from eating mad cow. And so they've done the experiments quite recent, actually, in the UK, and they show one in 2,000 people in the UK from the, well, it was, if it was five years where it was sort of a bit out of control, I don't know if you sort of... Probably 80, 86 to 91, you could yeah, say yeah, it was yeah. out and as a consequence of what was getting into the food chain then one in 2000 people now carry um prion in their body not just in their nervous system but in their peripheral tissues and so you know it's it's a relatively small number but you have to think that the exposure period was relatively small as well and the again you know how much what was the infective dose in this instance and how effective 
is the prion transmitting uh, transmitting from cow to human, right? And so we know that there are some protective polymorphisms that exist. But in this instance, what seems to be the case is that it's highly specific, this epitope, for human prion protein. And so in that instance, what they've done by synchronizing delivery, everyone got jabbed up, boosted at the same time. So there's like these mass waves of it building up and then you know, the viral proteins build up and they're, they're, you look at the wastewater and it's like SARS proteins are at the highest they've ever been in the um, four years since this started, if you look at wastewater. And if, if they, and I'm re- I, I am genuinely concerned about this, that they turn around and say, ah, yeah, sorry, Lickspittles, we fucked up. Um, we, uh, we exposed you to prions and prions are essentially the, some of the most dangerous biologics out there. And so now we can't have, we can't have walking, you can't, get back in your kill box because we can't have walking prion bombs going around and, uh, spoiling tiffin on the, (laughs) on the cricket grounds of a summer. And that's, that's potentially where we could be headed right if out of all the available um data points that are there that one that one sticks out to me and um couple that with again you make people hungry you make people stressed you make people all all those um factors that will increase the ability to for it to spread through the environment and there there that gives them the um they don't they don't have to have a discussion with the public in this instance mm-hmm. right it's just boom you're you're isolated you're sealed off can't come out can't do anything um you'll have food dropped in by um drone and uh your doctor will be via a video telephone call that's mm-hmm. that's what it'd be. And then they'll shut down entire streets and use the detection in this instance. And the thing is it's such it's such a minute detection um level required that essentially they could they could at a whim shut anyone down, etc. and um mm-hmm. whole cities if they wanted to at this point. Mm, that's and, what they'd want to do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sort of control and position is what what it's all about. Mm. And then, and then you're, and then they can say, "Oh, we we need these AIs to fill the positions now that have been lost by uh, you know the fuck up that we ah oh, we just uh, my bad <laughs> licks bills you're uh... the the guy the guy who dealt with the BSE uh, report dash inquiry dash cover up type thing that mm-hmm. happened after. Uh, 91 i think it was in 92 93 that that was happening that was roy anderson that was uh neil ferguson's mentor mm-hmm. um who who it, it basically invented pandemic computer pandemic modeling mm-hmm. uh they put him on that and he was professor of zoology um, oxford lineker university uh professors quite a big a big a big deal apparently and um he dealt with 
uh, uh, foot and mouth as well in 2000 and it made me wonder is why why uh they 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 got someone who's definitely involved in um zoonotics yeah just to to go back to what what the title is definitely involved in understanding that sort of area he's properly like looking at uh, at, at animals to humans he's also the guy who is involved in the hiv mm-hmm. like it comes out about you know in the 80s as well when when people didn't know about it trying to seed that out and why would you not choose the guy if you want it's it, it's amazing that that they've created um everything that we've got today is based on a science that is created by just a few people mm. who've done a few bits of modeling and are able to just manufacture and manipulate every mm. direction we've gone in and the whole narrative to such an extent that what you're talking about is hard for other people to understand because all they can understand is that cow sneezes on human and gets disease or something that basic um but with 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 how much exposure they were feeding these cows that would then get bsc they were feeding them like chopped up cow yeah. so then they they would then uh that that food and milk would get into the food supply that's everybody mm-hmm. that's basically everybody's exposed exposed to it so mm-hmm. if it if it if it's still if that sort of stuff still has I, I mean i think back to my nan my nan had motor neuron disease it quite fast acting as well mm-hmm. um about 1988, she she collapsed on the bus, um, fell off the bus, and then after that, it was just like pretty much every bone started breaking bit one by one and didn't re- re- repair, mm-hmm. and she was in a, a wheelchair unable to move until she died. Um, and I, I wonder about all of these things. Where where do we think they come from? Have we been left to believe this, all of these myths that we've been given? How much of anything that we know is actually true? How do we know that, uh, you know, why all of these diseases are around? How do we define it? How do we work it out? How do I, I'm, I'm lost. Well, so lost. I can, I can take a stab at answering that because in my in my domain right there was just that we understood that there was an attrition rate with respect to parkinson's you know alzheimer's was a bit outside my uh, domain but it's um we it was generally classed as you you know you sort of get to the I don't, how old was your grandmother when she got um, well, probably about 76 or something okay so she's she's in that demographic where, oh, she smoked like a, she had 80 to 100 cigarettes a day as well. Landlady of a pub. I mean, she would smoke a cigarette like this. Same, dude. If I ain't got a mint, I, I'm, I'm only not vaping right now because I vape so hard. I've got, so, I don't know, I think I've got a cold coming on, but I've like, got sore throat and I'm like, eh, you know, <laughs> just uh, I'll, I'll suck mint for uh, a couple of days just so I'm not irritating it. I'm saying it. She took in a lot of chemicals, though, that, that, that woman knew how to take in her chemicals as well. <laughs> so she, but the clinical picture was, it, it was described as idiopathic, meaning we don't really know the cause, but we expect there to be X amount of cases per year, 
right? And the clinical, the medical system is set up to deal with that predicted burden, right? And as we've tried to understand these degenerative disorders, we've honed in on this idea that um, the mechanism in prion disease is a similar mechanism in ALS, motor neuron disease, um, Parkinson's, uh, Alzheimer's. It's just different proteins are undergoing that process in to cause that disease, right? Now, um, what the as we came to and I can remember the change in this happening in, in my field, and it was around 2015, right? The 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 sort of signal papers came out and said, yeah, this is this is how we should be describing the disease mechanism here, and it was quite a um, it was quite a big conceptual jump from you know when I sort of started my neuroscience career etc and you know we just um we, you know we had sort of systemized models for trying to sort of understand what was happening between areas of the brain etc and um the the idea that protein misfolding was this underlying um disease mechanism suddenly suddenly made the field well in, in a sense it harmonized it somewhat but then a whole bunch of questions began to emerge, which were, well, we know, that, so there's this class, right? We call them transmissible spongy form encephalopathies, right? So BSE is one. And we know oh, that, yeah, and we know that CJD is like the human equivalent. So you can catch CJD from someone who has it, right? But we don't know. Or we 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 believe that someone the proteins in Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or motor neuron disease they don't seem to have the reactivity that the uh, the prion protein does, but it may be that you know just some some people are just more susceptible than others to that type of um, misfolding. Right. And then came the question, well, you know, what's the what's the first cause? Why does the protein misfold? And so you could you could look at again at the CJD literature and you can say, oh, yeah, we know that there's um, familial CJD. It's in the genes. And so that provides a uh, framework for understanding why that protein would misfold. The, the gene encoding is uh, faulty. The expression of the peptide is um, wrong. And so that that misformed peptide that's a consequence of the um, genetic uh, abnormality then causes the disease. But what about in a situation where um, they don't have the genetic abnormality? Something must be causing the misfolding to occur. And it's only, it's really only in the last 10 years that the focus in the public domain has honed in on um, viral epitopes, like short sequences or um, proteins, etc. And but it, it, it could come from bacteria as well. Uh, anything that has these, um, we just call them prion-like domains, 
could be potentially causing these uh, these diseases. Now, oh. it's only in the last, I'll say, let's just say two years, right? Um, so approximately two years ago, the first non-prion causal agent was identified in model systems that said it was that this could cause um, misfolding of the prion protein. And in this case, it was influenza that did it. And um, But they don't know which part of the influenza virus does it. Just it's the first, and literally this is the, like the state of the art of the public domain. It's like, oh, H1N1 can do that. Well, okay, you think about that and you say, well, you know, we've always had to deal with influenza and so the um, the neurodegenerative burden is kind of baked in, right, to the system. We've got that uh, um, elasticity with respect to um, burden and people turning up at clinics, et cetera, and medications, all, all, all the treatments that are available. The second identified so there's only two that's been identified is SARS-CoV-2 and in SARS-CoV-2 we know specifically that it's the spike protein that can cause this um, misfolding into the prion form SARS-CoV-2 can also misfold the other peptides that are associated with the other diseases Parkinson's motor neuron disease in the case of your grandmother and um, Alzheimer's. There's a a suite of them. But we're pretty sure that the spike protein can do that. And so then, yeah, then you get into this issue of, well, okay, they've made people. And so why, why this is the question to us, why was the burden, you know, generally low and, geared towards the elderly end of the population well normally you're getting influenza and it it comes in contact with you via your um immune barriers at your nose mouth throat lungs etc and you know what's the what's the mechanism when you get those illnesses what happens what does your body do mm-hmm. You make a lot of mucus, right? And you you cough a lot of stuff up. And and so the cells that could potentially be infected by these prion-like agents are essentially pushed out of the body. What we've done with SARS is take that peptide, stick it into people past any immune barriers, and put it into their body. And we know that this lipid nanoparticle will spread all around the body and deliver its cargo to any uh, any tissue. It doesn't matter. It'll go in and start expressing. And so, this this then pulls me again into that space of well, okay, the you know we, you've identified one of the key issues, which is oh the technology pressure, right? Versus the the um, you know it's just it's just evolution in the sense, right? It's just competition between different groups. And so, in a in a sense. They they know what's coming because they hold the cards with respect to the technology that's mm-hmm. coming. That um, these AIs didn't just emerge, right? 
there have been prototypes and they've been shown at high levels of investment companies, etc. And there are people in the know that understand what this technology is and what it will mean when it when it's released. And they've gone and taken that that epitope and um, forced it into people. Now, this is the really perverse part. So. <laughs> this is a, this is the perverse part. <laughs> so, the 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 lesson we've learned from the deer, right? Is, and think about this: deer don't go around in massive herds, right? You know, if you see deer, they might be like four, five together, right? They're little sort of troops, and you know, there's not there's not um, swarms of thousands of deer. <laughs> storming across the countryside right in in the united states right they're generally um you know skittish animals and what have you but the infectivity is so high that it's been enough to spread essentially across every state in virtually every state it's not, i don't want to say it's all but virtually every state in, in 20 years and what what we now know is people people are sitting here and thinking, uh, yeah, you know what? I didn't I didn't get the jab. Well, you're not out the woods because the people around you did. And so now they're potentially making these prions, shedding them. And so it doesn't matter if you got the the jab mm -hmm. or not, and you're gonna get exposed. And you know, and this ability to crash populations isn't it's already been described in the scientific literature and that's why it's called the super prion hypothesis right mm. that you can look at the genome of the human race and you can see that there's a polymorphism that's in there that essentially everyone has and would indicate that oh the population got shrunk down because of the pressure from prion diseases why why prion disease emerged at that time we don't know but um mm -hmm. let's let's just presume there was mass cannibalism for some reason i don't know a meteor came down and there was no um no ability to grow anything and the only only uh wildlife to eat was long pig in this instance and so maybe that was that was the cause of the the spread and the the fixing in our genome of this particular um, polymorphism and i think well it's it's highly likely that in the in the weapon space that principle would have been understood and known mm -hmm. and once they realized that they could trigger the response with epitopes then it was game on <laughs> they were we were just uh the 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 impact was inevitable between what was people's normal lives and what is this post um I don't know what I, I, to me it's an attack you're gonna say post post humanity well i don't think it's post humanity right because the thing is you you you're basically saying are all humans gone I don't think so because we're still here, and if the if the archaeogenomic record says that well, we got through that time, 
we don't know what level of technology they had back then, but we would presume it was very basic, so they could do nothing with respect to intervention or uh, strategies beyond um, breeding and isolation, basically. Um, and funnily enough, the, one of the few races that have a different prion polymorphism is the Japanese. And Japan mm -hmm. is one of the more, uh, you know, more difficult regions to get to on the planet, so it would probably remain isolated back when when this initial super prion happened. And mm. we're... Yeah, I, 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 every, everything that I sort of... A bit of data that I turn over right now just says to me, yeah, that's... If it was there to use, they're going to use it. And then... And, and so people say, well, what... You know what? What can we do about it? Yeah. I think you can slow it down somewhat, but the more important thing is we need to know if it's actually happening. And this is where the you, you need to have your eyes and you know I get I get it. The information coming through is going to be anecdotal in this in these sort of networks, but we must know about these um, early the early deaths and the people who have been taken out of the workforce through things like long COVID, right? Where, they, you know, they can't think anymore. Their brain is just foggy and um, mm -hmm. they're fatigued. And this is, this is what's disturbing, dude. There was just a paper a few weeks ago where they were, um, they looked at muscle biopsy, right? So that there's a whole cohort of people right now who essentially have um po it's called post exertional malaise yeah yeah it sounds like what i got <laughs> yeah <laughs> same same and in what they did is that they just had these people you know control group who didn't have these symptoms versus the group that did they biopsied them what they found was that the muscles were all full of what in this instance, what they called amyloid. And amyloid is a general term for misfolded protein. So we don't know exactly what misfolded protein is accumulating in their muscle. But the people that had this post-exertional malaise all have this amyloid potentially catalyzing protein that causes um, misfolding. And their, their muscle fibers after exertion essentially would just turn necrotic and then they get filled with immune cells and then you know the and I know this state I've had it since my 20s with another well, I have to presume it was a viral infection I don't, I don't know what infection it was anyway I had a had a acute infection in university and uh, it changed my life right so I and so I'm always uh, how do you say sympathetic to um, that kind of state right Sometimes you're okay, and then other times you overdo it, and then uh, you've got to have a few days um, in bed to um, to recover. And now, now we're really beginning to understand why that state occurs, and it's these misfolded, hard to remove peptides, and yeah, they. They knew it, and that that type of mechanism is too attractive to people making those weapons. 
and too attractive in terms of population control mechanisms were you the one sitting there making the executive decision oh they're going to find out what we've been doing mm-hmm. when did it when did they actually know no when did they actually realize do you think um i i'd take this i think probably military research is probably sort of 20 years in front of the public domain that's that's what i think so okay well that would make sense for for i think i i think there was a a change in the millennium and that's kind of why we saw the foot and mouth disease outbreak happen and stuff that was i mean that was all set up roy anderson's group went across and started researching foot and mouth disease four months before the outbreak and there hadn't been an outbreak in 30 years so it was clear that they were wanted to look at spread of something a disease like that and then use the most extreme lockdown methods that they could possibly use um and then get get justification to start experimenting on um uh the transfer of uh, things like bse across to potentially across to sheep and other things so trying to learn how to to move them across and it's i think it's all about this sort of stuff these sort of diseases that you get that you just yeah well, what I, 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 for for me, when you talk about prions or whatnot, I, I, you know, it's it's gonna it's too abstract it's gonna, for people, right? Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's and it's hard to understand. I understand what what it leads to. It leads to people having a a, a disease that that is like gonna gonna just mean they break down a part of them breaks down slowly mm. and they can't repair and mm. that's what they want they want these uh, they want other people looking after these people because they mm. i mean guys horrible watching how, how many people yeah. do you know that have these these diagnoses of sort of me cfs um these chronic conditions just in your circle mm-hmm. I not I'm not sure I'm not sure because cuz uh, like uh, I I know lots of older people now and talk to them and most of the time they're just talking about the 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 colds and viruses they've got at that time nearly all of them are, are super vaccinated i i i tell all the ladies in the park to just stop <laughs> just stop mm-hmm. it it's over and over again and like it's impossible it's impossible so uh, but i i like constantly coming across people who are really ill got problems but it's all becomes anecdotal i'm i'm always i, I find it really hard to uh yeah, but we have uh, to I, we have I, to use those um, analytics that are available to us at the moment because um, you can't. If if there's a, my if... my whole my, my my whole family got it, it, like had weird shit. I mean, my my nan had motor neuron. My um, granddad, yeah, he, uh, he was the first person to be diagnosed with something like it was like called green parrots disease or something. Oh, yeah, it was a tropical idiots. disease, yeah. And and uh, but but like on the other side, you say um, Alzheimer's and um, on b- both grandparents, uh, like uh, along with with like bone diseases and stuff weird stuff 
I mean, everybody's got them. I think I'm not sure this it was ever like that before, but it's just mass testing. I believe it's mass testing. Mm. Well, th there's a couple of variables there, which is look. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when uh, blokes just used to drink and smoke, so and they were dead at fifty from <laughs> coronary heart disease, right? And mm. uh, they kind of they kind of um, got that under control, right? You just uh, I don't know. Do people even smoke in the UK? I see you smoking, but um... yeah, bone smoking blunts, so. Right. So I don't smoke any tobacco or anything like that. That's bad for you. <laughs> I think, look, anything anything where you're pulling particular into the lung, I don't think is good for you. Even, even What? You're telling me weed ain't good for you? Oh, <laughs> man. I'm not going to listen to this nonsense. <laughs> we all got our blind spot. Um, we all um, got our blind spot. I have to tell you though, I I when I used to smoke um, spliffs with tobacco, uh, I stopped about two three years ago because I just couldn't continue because I was just coughing all of the time. I was coughing gunk up all of the time. It was just a constant. I couldn't breathe properly. I was like, <laughs> I I was just like it, it was just morning, noon, night coughing up gunk from years and years of smoking don't get any of that with weed don't get any of like uh, yeah i mean if, uh, if sorry I'm, coffee if i'm stuff. smoking it's uh pure right um i don't want to yeah, put yeah, yeah, tobacco yeah. in with it and yeah i do i do think it's better for my me. lungs are amazing nowadays my i mean compared to what they were they my lungs are amazing they were they were dying i was dying a couple of years ago like it was mm. just so silly to be on tobacco right mm -hmm. when i smell it now you see you know it even when you're smoking tobacco mm. you just like can but the point what one of the points i'm gonna make is uh that you've got like 2000 chemical compounds or something in mm. a cigarette so so w w when i see my nan smoking and stuff i got a feeling that that was why smoking was about you know gives people a bit of disease and gets them out of the system it was the same mm -hmm. sort of route as they go with with what what's been happening recently but with just a different product mm. yeah the addict a different addiction in the same way you know, or in a slightly Dude, I've, I've never been able to kick my nicotine addiction. Never. I, like I say, that, uh, mine was just, just, just weed. Just take it, take away the the thing, and just start smoking with just weed. And for the first three, four days, if you can get through it, like mm. I think, actually, to be perfectly honest, there might have been mushrooms and acid involved, but I, we won't talk about that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we, we, when, whenever, whenever there's like a big changeover period, you gotta like if you want to get off nicotine, you've got to take four days nicotine, off your Dave. life. Yeah, Hello. but you've got to take at, at some point. You've got to stop it because honestly, it it does kill you off. It does. It, it's good I for mean, you. Stops Parkinson's. Does it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good then. Yeah. <laughs> well, give me some nicotine then. Oh my well, god! You just you just take it in a form that's less impact, yeah, yeah. right? And so I, like I say, I have mint. I got a vape now, but um, I'm. You know, first thing in the morning, I would be one of those dudes that would just, like my father was like that, you know, two packs a day. Um, what did he use to smoke? Super Kings. Mm -hmm. Big, the big, long <laughs> mm -hmm. Super King cigarettes. And um, he'd smoke two packs a day. 
uh, non-stop. Um, um, I don't know, man. When we were kids, we just had to sit in the car with the parents smoking, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you just got hot boxed with. The... Yeah, yeah, most definitely. My dad stopped smoking. My dad stopped smoking eventually, but uh, it was there. And I, I mean, we grew up in pubs, uh, like in that sense. Mm. My granddad uh, grew up in pubs very much, so like really rough pubs as well. And mm. pubs back then, it was just like and same with beer tents mm. in the sealed knot. When I was back in the sealed knot, it was just thick with smoke. Mm. Just you'd walk into a pub, and it was just thick with smoke mm. uh, awesome. pre, uh yeah yeah in in <laughs> in i one of the the second hotels i worked in was the um holiday inn in cardiff that's just under the millennium stadium just it is open so it was just like always busy but i had a callahan's bar which was all live music on the side and uh it was good back in those days but when you were like working on the door or something you couldn't see people it was just thick with cigarette smoke it was just people would walk in as soon as you walked in you went from smelling perfumed and aftershaved into smelling like a nicotine ball like Mm -mm, it's uh you know what crazy I, thing i remember um i remember the push for like no smoking right and i was in california when that sort of took a hold and then i got but it sort of followed me around i, I remember going back to the uk mm-hmm. and suddenly pubs weren't you weren't allowed to smoke in pubs i was like what the fuck is that about <laughs> all right and there were people mm-hmm. people forced to go outside and um and then i got to japan and I'd, I'd given up smoking, right? I'd, I'd give up smoking pretty early because I could see what it was doing to my father. And um, But I always, I went from patches to gum to mints to vape, right? But I've, I've always, always had nicotine. But I got to Japan and when I got here, they still allowed smoking in restaurants. And uh, I was like, hot dang, uh, the Nazis ain't got here yet. And mm-hmm. I would, I would just uh, joyously light up a cigarette because the health Nazis weren't weren't about. Yeah. And... <laughs> uh, is it still the same over there now, or are they? Um, yeah, I don't see people smoking in restaurants now, but I don't. I'm not sure there's any law against it. I don't know. I don't. Hmm. I, I don't really. I just follow what everyone else is doing. So yeah, but, yeah. Um, I think. I think in bars you can smoke still. I don't know. I was I was in one in Tokyo the other day, so I no, there weren't smokers in there. I had to go outside and vape. Yeah, I get a feeling I get a feeling the same thing's gonna happen all around the world anyway. And yeah, it's not the end of the, I suppose it's not the end of the world. Still miss the days where you had smoking floors in the hotels, you know. Yeah, but what what that is is the state coming in and enforcing uh, a diktat on look i get it if you're a non-smoker you you come across a, a smoky room or or, an, or where they were smoking it's like a, you know swallowing an ashtray i get it right it, you know you want to try and but um it just that to me was just like the you know them getting a the crowbar into the <laughs> into the people right and just starting mm. that uh, that starting that process and the um, you know, much of the tyranny that we're going to, that we are experiencing is, is going to be implemented through the guise of health, public health, 
and the state knows what's better for you. And you're, you know, you're going to lose a fraction of your benefits if you've got tobacco mm -hmm. or weed in your weekly monitoring, right? Oh, God. I'm glad they're I'm glad they're not monitoring me. <laughs> but I, I think it'll be it'll be everyone because it, you get to a point where um, so they they go for they realize they have to have economy and you have to keep people occupied with something right. You need some Rube Goldberg type <laughs> contraption that just keeps people um, not looking at the uh, predator class. And so this is where I think the the digital. Um, central bank currencies programmable come in and you'll get a allotted allowance it'll have an expiry date on it so you must spend it and your the amount that you get will be dependent upon your compliance with the diktats that they have mm -hmm. and i'm yeah that's not the world that i want my children to live in um, yeah, uh, we, uh, we I, I mean, we got to make like like Shiva says, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, you make, spoke um, to him, right? Did you uh, have that go? Yeah, yeah. We were talking about um, systems. He, mm. he he was very spicy. He's very uh, angry about Robert F. Kennedy. Anybody who works for Robert F. Kennedy and uh, Trump and um, fucker Carlson, as he calls him, uh, <laughs> he, he's. He's an extremely like rogue. He, he, I, I didn't censor his language, so he was just, I mean, extreme severe. But he's, um, he's a. It was interesting to to talk about system science, mm -hmm. understanding the swarm, the idea of the swarm, and mm -hmm. how to create a different system. And that was one of the things is that like we gotta we. This all of these systems that they're creating around us, we've got to create an alternative competing vision, but we've got to not bother competing because every time we start looking at what they're doing, they'll distract us with their psychological warfare and mm -mm. everything anyway. So we may as well just keep on track, put our blinkers on and and move towards a different system before that we've got to have some idea and as soon as any like organization tries to work out how to create a system it becomes corrupt mm. yeah i i put me in touch with him dude i'd, I'd like to uh speak to him sort of pick his brain yeah, about, yeah. Uh, solutions here see what he thinks to you, the... you i don't think you pick his brain i think you 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 you, you guide guide him into the the, the a, a space and you just leave him go he's a, he's a force <laughs> he is a force to be very he's a very interesting guy i i like talking to him but i know that a lot of, part of people don't find him necessarily popular his opinion because his opinion is so uncompromising and yeah know. but look you might need uncompromising solutions at the moment look man if they've taken the, the swing at you where they literally took their depopulation bomb and fired it at everyone what are you supposed to do just say uh okay uh we'll just uh carry on as normal shall we is that you don't do that yeah. all right if you know i'm what did it i just what was the example? It's like if someone aims a gun at you, right, and shoots it, and it just flies past your head and embeds itself in the wall behind you. Well, okay, you missed and survived that instance. 
but it's not like you just carry on like normal. Mm-hmm. And so those of us who are at this point, right, because of the, there's a whole bunch that aren't, and there's a whole bunch that are way more incapacitated right now than we mm-hmm. are. And so we're somewhat fortunate and we're somewhat, um, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to say we have, it's not massive audiences, but I would say what the audience we do have, I know it sort of filters around um, sufficiently mm-hmm. influential networks that, that ideas can get picked up, right? So um, you have to, you, you must be talking, you have to take things seriously now. And, you know, if someone's feels are going to get a bit bent out of shape because you're going to use some salty language, well, you know, you probably... You, what's oh, he's fucking you? salty. Oh, man. <laughs> he, he was also, he was not nice about my uh, my my former partner, Eva, in a way that was just <laughs> got, got a little bit awkward, to be honest, I felt. Did, a bit he, like, oh. did he know? um well yeah 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 he, he, he i i think i think he was um uh aware that m- me and uh my ex had like an issue about robert f kennedy and so he he picked up on that and of course she she did bits of work for chd and other stuff so mm-hmm. he was just like that means you're down with the devil to him you know Mm-mm. he's and his language is severe. <laughs> a lot of the make... language nowadays is severe. Mm. Go on, what were you going to say, say? Well, I was just going to say if he made you say that he was the creator of email or not. No, he didn't. He mentioned it on a couple of occasions, and I had thought about uh, having a discussion with it, but I also I see a, a lot of it as semantics. He's a very... He, he sees... Right, he... Dr. Shiva sees a system... And he sees an uncoordinated system and he's, he, he creates it into a system that makes sense. That's what he's been doing from a very early age. Mm-hmm. So all of it's true. All of the, the little bits were there for email. They over here, they're being used in an infrastructure that isn't quite like email in different ways. You know, the CCs, the twos, the message subject, all of that. Over here, it's being used in an uh, like intranet or Usenet or something like this in that way. But no one had actually named it. No one had put it together. No one had. And he did. He 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 got the copyright down. He copyrighted the term. And this is the thing: email. He copyrighted the term that we, it was already being called, yeah, um, electronic mailing system and stuff. But he got the, he, he got the term that was going to be the most popular, one of the most popular terms in the English language. And actually in the world, Mm. in every language in the world, email is, is basically, uh, Mm. remains unchanged. Mm. So, so I, I mean, that, that, it all becomes uh, then he's defending and attacking people for and and it's further proof that they're getting him down as well um you know and for me i don't really care <laughs> it's like brandon it's like brandon you know is mm-hmm. if if one person brands something first and has got stuff that i i and and if he's able to define it then he's won the game but Nathan Mervoy did that as well, um, who was like working with Microsoft and other people um, at one point. He went off to 
pattern i mean he was in epstein's edge foundation and stuff as well mm. and he was um he was basically set up like a patent engine it was mm. it, they would look for people who haven't patented something correctly and then they would patent it correctly and steal their 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 product off them in that mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. um so so there's a lot of like like I say, it's all it's all semantics, and you can't quite work out who did what. So I didn't want to get into it. In the end, in the end, what I wanted to understand was system science and uh, Robert F. Kennedy and some other stuff. I mean, he just he says some he says some stuff. Does Doctor Shiva? He's very powerful. Well, uh, yeah, um, see some me on an email dude <laughs> send it yeah, to yeah. well I, i'll I, say i i'll, I'll send because the, the woman who got in contact with me I'll, I'll i'll pass on your details which i'm sure she'll probably they're really really proactive like speaking with as many people as they can he's not mm. scared to speak with people so and uh you know we've got many uh views that align and uh mm -hmm. you know i'm trying to find solutions uh, to these complex issues I, I I'm I'm I I quite amazed actually with Shiva. I'm amazed how many views I have aligned because because he he can be really abrasive, mm. but nearly everything he believes in is is about right. Uh, if you've ever seen the swarm video he's done, where he just, he describes on a whiteboard the swarm, what he describes as a swarm, you won't be able to argue with one little bit of it. That well, guy knows how to define a system. Yeah, so the if I had to pick something that just jars my, uh, how should we say, um, just my Grind analysis. Your gears. Yeah, yeah, Not it's like just it. that. Well, he he's talking about well, you know, this uh, the nature of this swarm and you know how it's you know, essentially quasi independent, but it's got uh, essentially. Um, connectivity that will cause it to shift in particular directions depending on you know market pressures etc social pressures what have you and um he's he's basically saying how everything within that system that we look at that encompasses all all our systemized corporate government etc um he's just basically offering the same solution he's saying just let me be the head of the swarm or, or be the primary node in the swarm and i'll sort it out right he wants mm -hmm, to be president mm -hmm. and so um that <laughs> doesn't strike me as the um the, the real solution that we need right now if he's saying you, you should be just going away from those systems which i agree with right they're predatory they're um they're sneaky they've had centuries of practice of manipulating people into well that's <laughs> just contracts right they get you through contracts and um but then he's saying yeah put me in there and i'll <laughs> well okay um i'm not that's sure. the same with um with twitter as well when when elon musk was buying it, he was like make me ceo you know mm -hmm. make me so so but in that sense if you're um trying to destroy a system Where's the best place to destroy a system from, if not the head of a system? But you have to, I mean, a, a lot of people that I speak to say the same thing with this sort of rhetoric is, 
what you're going to replace it with because I don't like doing anything unless we got something to replace it with. Mm. Ray, he's talking about um, creating another system so that revolution can be taken away, but that means other leaders, other another objective, a joint collective vision. And I'm not sure any of us have a joint collective vision that stands up as good competition because we're too busy getting and it makes sense but it's illogical at the same time we're so so busy getting angry um about the situation that we don't use logic so mm -hmm. it's it's it makes sense it's logical that we get angry so we don't we don't actually use rational thought and so we can't make a competing vision that's where our problem is mm -hmm. so it, it, it i mean what he says as well is that you have to aim at the bit of the swarm that is your job to aim at or that you've got your best skill to aim at. There's no point in trying to take it all down. Um, so maybe in that sense, him taking on leadership positions and trying to become a leader makes more sense, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, set me up, bro. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll try. Good. Yeah, it's just... I, I don't know. Sometimes people just come out of the blue and start speaking to me. To be perfectly honest, I don't. Mm. I, I I don't know. I, I I trying to get interviews with people, trying to understand how to do. It. I haven't. I haven't really. Like I I do around certain people, but I think I'm about to start like start speaking with a little bit of a. It's, it it just it it works like this, doesn't it? You just like go up levels in whatever mm. you do. And I've I've hit a level now where suddenly I'm speaking on, I I mean over the past month I've been I, I questioned Rudy Giuliani, Alex Jones, and uh, Shiva <laughs> and stuff. These are yeah. Well, I was on the Twitter Spaces, the big ones for the Epstein file drops. Oh right. So right, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, the yeah. main spaces. That's a uh, Mario Nafwal's uh, uh, big space, and it was it over two week period. It was uh, sixteen million people tuned in. Like mm. that's crazy sort of figures uh, mm, just mm. mental um but that was again out of the blue someone comes to me and says hey you should do this right now and go here and then i do and it works out mm, mm, mm. and i'm not sure if it's again if it's contrived or not if it's meant uh, to be I, that I, way. I, I, I was i was i just put in a tweet earlier right so you know i've i've kind of seen myself as a my job has been to sort of push the Overton window in the space that I'm in, right? And so what I was saying that sounded crazy at the beginning has now been normalized somewhat. You know, everyone, everyone sort of understands oh, the biowarfare component is on the table now. And I didn't even start with biowarfare. It was um, this This has come out of a lab. You should probably be paying attention to what's happening around you right now. And... <laughs> um, um, as I've, as the data is accrued, I've had to, um, change my position and then, um, you know, I hold a very edgy stream, right? And so it takes a lot to, for people to wade through the, the shock factor to their cherished sort of <laughs> ideals, I guess, for one of a better expression. And, um, but. I, I I sort of see that as well. If your feels are more important than trying to get to the more accurate science, then you probably shouldn't be in this space to begin with, right? And in this, it's it's not like things have changed. It's not the uh, slow 
uh, plod of academia with, uh, you know, <laughs> letters and responses in journals anymore. This, like in this environment, it's, it's really fast paced. You've got to be able to sort wheat from chaff real quick and you've got to know who's aiming in, in the right direction. And it's, you know, it's been interesting for me, particularly this last year, where um, how should we say? Um, I I don't have to go through the explanatory process around you dealing with a weapon and meeting people who are just like they okay they know this and have they're working un, under the same premise and the fact that you know there's dark triad um networks just <laughs> salivating uh all the wealth transfer and blood being spilt right now and you know they uh they're uh and so the, the, the fact that there's that agreement already at this sort of high level scientific analysis is kind of refreshing to some mm -hmm. extent so um and then you know people people then realize well you know he actually you know passed the <laughs> the memes and the uh salty language there's actually you actually get to do um something useful in the in the scientific space and then people come back for that and um i guess there's the entertainment side to it as well the you know people like internet blood sports and so mm -hmm. Oh my God! Is uh, yeah, people like an argument, mm -mm -mm. and so um, <laughs> I don't mind getting my hands dirty in that respect. And um, <laughs> it's just, it's just the way it is. I, I you know, I, I didn't make these systems right, but that's you know, you have to find a way to exploit them right, mm -hmm. and that I've found this way to exploit them, and you know, it's. Been, have you I, tried to spaces? Have you gone on to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, but the thing is, I'm, I, I'm search banned on Twitter, right? So no, you, right. you you can try. Yeah, and I even pay. Like, I pay for the. I might stop paying for it. Right? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you search banned and you mm. yeah you're still paying, you probably mm. should stop. But I was I was like I didn't even care. I was search banned because there was such a sea change on Twitter, right? That I wanted I wanted Elon's Twitter to to succeed. Right. And so, okay, I get it. I, I get it that I'm on the, um, the edge of, uh, the uh, acceptability, I guess. And, um, the still though, it should change. They should have, uh, Oh, I no, no, I, I'm, I'm still, I think, you know, once and look, I'm putting, uh, what was the stream I did earlier? Uh, I don't know. I call them like World War Zog and things like that. And you're not allowed to say Zog <laughs> yeah, yeah, on yeah. Twitter, right? So <laughs> that yeah, that gets yeah, you yeah. Um, uh, demoted. And um, I was, yeah, it just I'd gone through so many accounts in the fight for trying to raise the issue that SARS was not a natural phenomenon. This came. This is a consequence of bio warfare research. We've literally just gone through, um, well, biowarfare, escalatory warfare that included biowarfare in it. And we're probably, you know, we're in this sort of 
cycle repeating again you know what it's probably like equivalent to the lead up to the second world war i would imagine that we're mm -hmm. in and um i was i was so glad that suddenly i had an account that was stable and i wasn't having to <laughs> tap people up and just saying yeah i have to get a new account uh can you just repost me and um tell people where to find mm -hmm. me and um yeah, but you know now, now uh, Elon's had to go and do the humiliation tour. Uh, with, oh, with ben it's always going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Ben the rapper, Ben the rapper. Mm, mm. Oh, it's awful. It's you, awful. You know, sake. you know who's? Uh, I had very very low opinion of him. Um, was Stu Peters. And that's no, because, right, yeah. And that's because yeah, yeah. he he was making the job of trying to raise the the important science around what was happening with SARS by promoting people who were saying that there's nanorobots, hydras, graphene, etc. in yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in these shots and that's the snake random. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually you know, the funnily enough, there is um venom epitopes that have homology mm -hmm. to snake venom right that's has some basis in truth and but i know you, that i know the guys who developed that though i know the guys because they worked on the greatest reset and they're extremely religious true news guys mm -hmm. who were desperate to have the um the temptation of the snake uh yeah. trope <laughs> in there you know yep yep and it's Look, I get it that it gets eyes on. So in, I, there's some strategic utility in it. But we should have, well, in my mind, we should have been elevating the the more, because there was enough science not to be um, engaging in like the most lurid stuff, right? Once, you, once you've figured out that it's biowarfare programs, the government's been funding it, they've just unleashed it on you and uh the the countermeasure that they have basically approximates to um a binary weapon system um that's enough man you you, sh you should be honing in on that and um, sticking with it and so i went on his stream and basically said you've uh, you've got you're just pushing bimbos right because he, he likes the blonde bimbo types who would come and say mm. oh God. well i found uh what was her name carrie Maday, right um, I found hydras in there, and uh, these hydras are hijacking people, and and th this was, so I I I gave him a hard time when I got on the stream, and he wouldn't show the slides that I had prepared, which showed um what that what they were actually looking at when you do the analysis properly, and but he's uh he's been choking down those uh J pills real real hard. <laughs> These last few weeks. J J oh right, oh yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Not a surprise. He had uh yeah, brother Nathaniel on there, right? And uh Brother Nathaniel was uh giving him a hard time. Don't call them Zionists. They want you to do that. You've gotta <laughs> Well have you gotta call them then? What 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 Jews. what's our names now? Call them Jews. All right, okay. Just call them Jews. Um, and 
you know, he's got a point. Um, because then, you know, you, you give them a sort of liability shield all the time. Right. And, you know, hashtag not all. Loads of Jews, loads of Jews don't, don't, don't like Zionism though. Mm. Lo- loads of them know exactly that's, that's the reason why they're going to get kicked out of this country and mm. on to the next and mm. so on and so forth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know. Um, but you know, so what's brother Nathaniel's take well you know he's obviously turned into orthodox christian and so they're holding to the line mm-hmm. that jews killed christ they killed the messiah and um... it is true uh, you can't get away from it written in a book mm, yep <laughs> and uh you've got to understand the the talmud and the zohar and the whatever whatever other uh nonsense books kabbalah right and mm-hmm. the in in a sense that's true right um you can it's again it's the case of if 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 you've had a gun pulled on you and they missed and it's just flew by your ear and well you want to understand the motivation well, we'll get away first don't just sit mm-hmm. there and let them, <laughs> let them pull the trigger again but the um you, you should understand the eschatological driving forces for why you would want or why people and groups would act in their in a particular way right and the and so a lot of you can look at the globalist agenda right and the way that they frame it it's very messianic right it's going to be a new age it's going to be one of um whatever you know their desires whatever whatever it is that flicks their switch um and they're gonna and two-thirds of them are gonna get wiped out in a matter of no time whatsoever and mm. the rest go up to superland but th- but that's that's the price they're willing to pay right oh yeah yeah so um again in this instance take people at their word when they say that they're gonna do these things right and you have to remember that these people are in top tier positions, right? And like, what's Steve Peters doing right now? He's noticing. He's noticing that the everything around U.S. politics is tainted by Jewish hegemony. What he's only just noticing this, is he? Apparently. He's only just noticing this. <laughs> he's only just seen it. He's just uh not not to not to bring back the idea of Groucho Marx hanging around or anybody. Um uh no, no, uh I I just don't believe it. <laughs> I just don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, and just... so so it feels like a sort of controlled um how should we say, uh pressure release valve. Right, mm-hmm. so you know he he got with uh, what's that network? Push up that white nationalism as Trump starts to uh, uh, Trump uh, campaign starts to get going. Yeah, yeah, and so he's he's associated with Mike Lindell. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, uh, uh. and yeah, Doctor Shiva doesn't like Mike Lindell pillow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that's his full name now, Mike Lindell Pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so uh, Stu Peters is sort of, 
I don't know. Again, you know, how much does he, did he really know? Probably not that much. And that's the thing. This is something you, you, you have to, you have to put into your calculations. Right? I can remember having heated discussions when I was younger, just with Muslims, right? Damn Muslims. <laughs> Never agreeing with us. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? At least they don't like Jews. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah well, we can all play Monopoly now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, um, and I, I remember just arguing. And, I, and the thing is, I was knowing more about their books than them, right? And it would mm. be like someone mm. coming to me and, you know, Picking a picking an argument about Christianity, and I'd be like, "Well, you know," and they'd be like, "You're Christian, aren't you? You come from a Christian country," and I'd be like, "Well, uh, you know, <laughs> nominally, I guess, um, I believe in God, I suppose." But the that's what I found, and so you know, there's a it, it's metaphorically they kind of make up the sea in which the sharks swim, right? That's that's the issue that that we have in any any ideology that's um competing in evolutionary terms and um you know the problem that I, I think the problem that people like ourselves have is that we don't really have that unifying um glue that the other you know the r religious frameworks provide and um and, in, and so, in a sense, you're always going to be coming off second best because they're always able to bring uh, superior numbers in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the so in, in my mind, it's rather than trying to argue against in favor of one versus the other, I'm, I'm sort of my analysis right now is just the Abra Abrahamism is a bit schizoid. Right, because of that. I, I hear that. Yeah, I hear. I hear that. That that being out there by a lot of the um, Abraham is responsible for all the ills of the world. Well, I, would, <laughs> I, I would say all, all the ills. You, you know what I think is a sort of probably what should be the hopeful trajectory is that there's a sort of syncretism between them, such that the tensions between them become. Uh, less, how should we say? Less Let's sort. going towards one one world religion, then, though. though is, yeah, but uh... is it? I mean, okay, you've syncretized Abrahamism. There's plenty of other religions around the world that mm -hmm. you know can compete. Yeah, but the, the if you if you combine uh, the three Abrahamic religions, then you basically cover the entire or most of the entire Western world population. Latin yeah, but America, it's it's a Western thing, Africa, right? Um, yeah. And it's still, uh, it's still not the, the whole world, and in in that, in, I don't see the threat there that um, I see with respect to. No one sees Satan's horn until it's already in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, um, yeah. but the well, how to how to how to reconcile that then? Well, we're just we're just to be held hostage to that. Um, or millennia-old blood feud that they have going. Ah, yeah, no, I don't think it. I, I, I think if we, we, 
We take away all credence of all religion. There might be. You might can't, be though. You idea. can't. I, I really. I, know, I think it's gonna, impossible. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It's, uh, all of it. All of that. I mean, positing what we could do about religion. Mm. Not, not much. Is mm. something that either culture within culture will survive or will die. And what we've seen is is morphed over time to survive, and it will mm. continue to do that. And I, so. It's the well, one thing right now, actually, that is um, pushing back against the sort of technocratic. Um, yeah, my allies are all religious people, and I've r realized that over the years. That recently, is that I ended up talking on Christian podcasts and stuff, and being like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I didn't mm. expect that to happen." All of the people who I thought were going to be my enemy one day are actually all mm. all the people who who are aiming for truth and mm -hmm. peace and love and, and, and to hold hold some values right with respect yeah. to yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Well, can't can't beat can't beat these conservative religious values if you want if you want uh, predictability at least and stable families. and a nice wife, yeah, yeah, and that's that's what the technocratic forces don't want, and this mm -hmm. and this is where it's so malignant in. Well, you know, I I can choose Canada as an example, but Britain is very much the same, where the schools are being targeted and children are being force fed an indoctrination that would it's antithesis to what is um core religious beliefs right um mm -hmm. when the book says when a man lays down with a man stone him to death etc um you don't want <laughs> your, oh, yeah sorry yeah, yeah right you, you, you don't want your kids reading uh tom has two dads at school Right. Mm -hmm. And so they've pushed back. And that's, you know, I remember how, how long ago it was now, probably like five, six years ago, where they tried to introduce these books into primary schools in the UK. And where did they hold out? It was the Islamic schools. I want to say it was in Birmingham. And they said, no. Yeah. 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 You, yeah you're yeah. not putting these books in the. Rocking. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that's pretty dope, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 My uh, my primary school's a Muslim school nowadays. Is it? It was uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I don't really, I I, I, I to be perfectly honest, I, yeah, you, you meet everybody from every race who's nice, and everybody from every race who's an arsehole. But there's really like, if you know some good Muslim families, they're really kind, mm. and if you get if you if you're really open with them. They'll be like, I mean, super open with you. They'll share your food with their food with you. They'll share their their time with you. They'll mm -hmm. they'll always give you something uh, in return. So I, I it always comes down traditional like good traditional religious people. <sighs> and I, I'm of the opinion you need them right now. You need yeah, I them know, to I push know. back. Um, and it it in a sense you think the the machines have to learn. Right, where the um, where the resistance is with respect to trying mm -hmm. to coordinate a, a formulation in which they would govern individuals, and so you know, if by pandering, where what we've done in 
Western countries is essentially invert everything where you've taken minority rights and have them hammered onto, uh, they're forced to be uh, taken by the majority. And uh, most people are not in a position to argue. And, wow, well, it's so bad in the UK or, uh, well, I know Canada now, that if you if you don't want your children learning these diktats um they this is when social services get called in and um and and so Mm -hmm. at least at least if you're able to say um no it's my religion that says you're not to do this um that that it's some protection right now and in and if we're in a situation where these Malthusian psychopaths have decided to uh, pull the trigger on depopulation, which I can't rule out now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to stand here and I'll argue that, and I'll I'll use every drop of my scientific um, skill set to do that right now. Um, you need you need you're going to need those articles of faith. Right. If if we suddenly see fifty percent drops in birth, um, thousands and thousands dying every week more than supposed to be, you're going to need those core principles because people are mm-hmm. people are just going to lose their shit around you. And and, why wouldn't they? Mm, yeah, dude. You know what? You know what? One of the bigger growth. Uh, markets it's going to be for the next seven years go on medications for prion disorders mm-hmm. yeah shit you're not mm. <laughs> if only i had some money to invest but yeah yeah well, i don't either but um it, it's probably a good bet but the thing is what 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 are they what are they selling in terms of the therapeutics in this instance it's neuroleptic, antipsychotic drugs, basically. Yeah, 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 of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not treatments to stop it. So no, it's probably not. Uh, <laughs> we should wrap up anyway. I need a piss. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We've been going three hours, so Yeah, definitely need uh I'd been going for a few hours beforehand as well. Okay. So yeah, you need yeah, a break. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine I'm finding my voice, dude, as well. Because like, I'm speaking every day now, mm-hmm. uh, I feel it <laughs> after after a stream. I'm like, "Fuck, yeah, no, yeah, no." It's uh, got to look after it, right? Oh. Your brain hurts as well after mm-hmm. enough of it. I mean, I I I've, I think uh, January now. I've I've just worn out my brain from just speaking on loads of different spaces, and mm-hmm. I feel completely worn down at the moment all of the time. Mm. Okay, uh, I'm not sure if we're gonna get a break from it though. Just uh, what well, I would, yeah, just ride it while you can, bro. That would be mm-hmm. my advice. Um, yeah, come a come a critical node that people can approach. Um, you know, I've managed to carve out a little, <laughs> a little limpet on the rock, right. Of, uh, <laughs> Um, and just by being available all the time, you know, 
doesn't if i'm sleeping yeah, i'm sleeping yeah, yeah. but if if i'm awake i'm paying attention to what's going down and you know i i cut the thing is I, I find spaces difficult to listen to if i'm not speaking because i'm so used to listening to, to everything on two times speed yeah, yeah, yeah. right <laughs> I, just, uh... I i can't not get involved i i was doing that with with uh podcast for a while but but i i um I just can't help getting involved. I can't go into a space without pressing the 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 speaker button nowadays. Just mm-hmm. may as well get up there and just start talking about stuff. And and uh, the response is people who are like they they want knowledge. They want they want mm-hmm. they want the information. Yep. Yeah, what, dude? I'll, I'll just hit the outro and I'll just can you hang on a few minutes afterwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I'll go to the bathroom and then um, just have a quick chat. All right, um, folks, uh, thanks very much for watching the awesome Johnny Vedmore. <laughs> just uh, it's uh, it's a blast talking to you, dude. Um, yeah, man, it's fun. <laughs> it would be dangerous like... if we were both together in uh, in in Wales in Cardiff. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we'd we'd be drunk or high one of them. yeah 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 dude it would be it'd be messy <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'd be welcome <laughs> all right let me uh let me just hit that outro and then um just keep quiet for a couple of minutes and i'll end the stream last about 30 seconds all right folks bye-bye have a good weekend you Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. 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 That's